Welcome back to another episode of Dark Side of the Moon. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, No John Tui. Let's get to it. All right, Noli, we're back. This time it's not Spider-Man, it's not Spider-Fan. We're not even in the family. We're not even in the extended family. This time we went to a different realm altogether, the Marvel Universe, to the new Disney Plus show, WandaVision. Well, new-ish, new to us, because we didn't get a chance to cover it yet. Starring, you know, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Kat Dennings, and Randall Park, and some other people, Tiona Paris, I think her name was, to play Monica Rambeau, or Rambeau, sorry. So, Noel, um, we decided to verge away from what we've been covering. It's a nice little change of pace. Um, we're going into Marvel's first shot of extending the MCU onto the small screen outside of the other shows that were kind of slightly linked to it, but weren't full on immersed in the MCU universe like these Disney Plus shows are going to be. What do you think of WandaVision and were you excited on what you think of the concept? Oh, wow. I, I think the concept deserves the highest of praise uh, because it was by the time it was finished, it was everything. It was, you know, it was a Marvel movie and it was Malcolm in the Middle and it was Modern Family and it was I Love Lucy and it was Bewitched. And it was an amalgamation of all those things without ever getting too confusing to really keep me, you know, yeah. it kind of grounded in the storyline. So, yeah, no, it was, it was an absolutely, you can't compare it to anything. Like, you have to say that it broke some ground. Yeah, and it was very brave for Marvel to use their first, like, uh, you know, first chance to go into Disney Plus and their new kind of medium with this, uh, with the MCU. It was very brave to pick a show that was based around uh, a witch and uh, what do you call himself a carbon-based synthesoid, um, but set in the through the you know set through the medium of sitcoms, but not just sitcoms through the era of sitcoms from the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties on upwards. Like each episode was going to take on a new style of sitcom, a new style of shooting it, and a new way for all the actors. And it must have been a lot of fun for them to do. But like such a brave move for Marvel to open up with one division instead of like a Falcon Winter Soldier, maybe get like um, some you know some of that goodwill going with uh, something that we find more recognizable. But they went brave and it went something very different. What do you think? Do you think it was wise? I do. I do think like you kind of touched on something there with the goodwill when people are kind of willing like. I don't know, sometimes when back in my gigging days or something, if you wanted to play something that was just for yourself, it's probably best to have a spoonful of sugar beforehand because people are willing yeah. to kind of hear you out a little bit if you do it well. And I think this yeah. is that on a, a, an absolutely, literally world stage. And uh, so people are like, <laughs> okay, this isn't, you know, this is an end game, obviously, but but okay, I, Marvel hasn't steered me too far wrong. Like they, have, they haven't made any major sins compared to, yeah. um, so the goodwill, would get you through the first episode or two and yeah. even if it's not exactly your thing you're kind of it, it, you're enthralled enough to wonder where it's going yeah so yeah yeah, yeah like, it was it was it was clever it was clever Somebody the first two it. episodes first two episodes in black and white like in as i think in a smaller like aspect ratio like literally like they were just so clever and then like i, I was watching it earlier and i think it's episode four where they slowly start to move, like from, uh, I think it was at the end of the episode, you could see the aspect ratio changing into like widescreen. Like, you know what I mean? Just like everything felt like, you know, it was like the story was progressing and evolving with the, like the one division show itself, that one that was creating inside of Westview. You know what I mean? Like, like even though, like, you know, like, oh, wait, what the fuck? Is this like the Dick Van Dyke show? I love Lucy for the first couple yeah, of episodes or be waste, yeah. you know what I mean? And even and the humor. Of... I mean, they got the humor absolutely spot on. Yeah. Like it, was, it was, you know, she literally had an apron. She was in the kitchen. She was cooking food, but she was like, 
I don't know. She just had that kind of. I know, like it was looking back on it now, it has an age, <laughs> kind of sex, sexist kind of gender roles, but it just it was yeah. a product of its time, and they just fell yeah. right into it, and it just felt smooth. She was very like, "Oh, that husband of mine, yeah, oh, you're I mean, bad." He's <laughs> in. It's like uh, it's like old vision with his indestructible head. Yeah, yeah, my like, husband, uh, but his indestructible head. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, it, it really was. It, it, it really sucked you in because mm. no idea what's going on, and it, 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 there were so many twists in this. Yeah. but they were so sharp. It wasn't like oh, so the killer was you know Butler, or it was the the guy at the start of the film kind of thing. It was uh, you know all of a sudden the television on the outside looking in on the world and you know how yeah. matter has been like altered to to sue her will and stuff. It, it it was doing all of this and then being kind of like grounded and funny in 50s and 60s and 70s style at the same time and you have to even kind of wonder years ish sometimes. It's just excellent. Yeah, I'd say it must have been a lot of fun to be the writers and the actors on that because you got such a wide variety, you know. Restful job as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're it's it's you're giving your script and you and yeah, you go for it. Olsen of course was particularly amazing. But to actually get that skip script to paper must have been like again, like an, an, yeah. an unbelievable thing to have accomplished, but an unbelievable yeah. job to have taken on. Oh, 100%. And that's why I was saying to you earlier, like Marvel was so brave. Like you could understand do this in three shows time, but to do it as your first show on Disney Plus, you know what I mean? You just got because Marvel are literally like, oh, better off now with our content. Yes. We're going to do whatever the fuck we want. Whenever the fuck we want to do yeah. it, strap in and enjoy the ride. Listen, you know what I mean? <laughs> even if they lost money, if they're like if they're building their universe in some sort of way that is resonating with you, like even if they just came out of this, although it was a success, it was twenty five million an episode. Um, if, yeah, uh, a, lot a lot of money. So if they come out this and they were like, oh well, you know, we only made X amount of million. It wasn't an amazing return. They'd be like, you know what? You know, there, there, there was little sneaky references to uh, Doctor Strange. There was references to Thanos, there was references to the Avengers, uh, there was references to her past, they expanded her character so much mm. that the actual Marvel name might be worth more now. Like, even, yeah. if, even if they lost money, it could have been an investment. Because yeah, they've like, created, um, now, now she's the Scarlet Witch. As yeah, opposed to a I woman just, who can move, move things with her mind. To, and to like, ball again. what I, I loved about it is the, the thing and the benefit I was looking at earlier is like, how many other shows on, on planet Earth have their previously and they're showing clips from a two hundred million dollar movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not only that, but the T V series looks identical in terms of quality. Yeah. Like I you know what I mean? Because technically the nine episodes is nearly three hundred it's like two hundred and seventy five million or something. If it's twenty five million per episode, no two hundred and twenty five million, is that right? So it's like two hundred and twenty five million for nine so that's what you're talking about. Well, like, four so eight would be, yeah, 225. You're exactly right. Yeah, I just went the opposite way. I was like uh, 10, 25, But yeah, God, um, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely insane to think about, isn't it? Yeah, like the, the cost of television programs now, the upper echelons of like your Game of Thrones, your your MCU, the new ones now, like, in, like your Vikings even, stuff like that. It must be astronomical. Like you're talking probably, I think Game of Thrones originally was like 50, 60, 70 million dollars per episode. Yeah. Something in some insanity. Like, you know what I mean? People on Game like of Thrones that never actually really met each other, even though they were all stars of the show because they yeah. were up in Scandinavia somewhere and the other ones were up in the north of Ireland. 
and you know like they they talk about each other and stuff and but they don't meet till season five and they basically never really met in person like that's how, yeah, how big television was getting at the time like it, like literally yeah because remember when you watch game of thrones you're like wait wait has peter dinklage been on the screen with this yeah. <laughs> you know like literally like in like season five you're just like wait shit Jon Snow has never met Daenerys. No, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's fucking weird. Like, because yeah. like they're literally the two main good guys of like uh, in you know airports like of the entire series, and they don't meet. I think to like season five or six or even later. Like you know what I mean? Maybe even seven. You know? I was just sorry you'd only ran seven seasons. Shut up. Eight. Shut up. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit slow off the mark. Slow off the mark. Yeah, uh, but like yeah, to circle it back around because we were talking about the cost of productions and stuff like. But when you look at a, a series like One Division, Marvel are like our TV series are not only going to be interlinked with our feature film universe, our MCU, but they're going to look identical to it in terms of quality, how they're shot, how they're produced, oh, God, yes. how the special effects are brought to life. Like it's uh, seamless. You know what I mean? Special effects in this were excellent. They were not even the time. Like you have to understand as well, they didn't go with like Daredevil and or like you know maybe. I don't know, for like the, the Netflix kind of the, the, like the Luke Cage, yeah, or the Luke Cages, um, Jessica Jones. They went with a guy who, with the power of an Infinity Stone who could go in, impermeable, who had super strength and vulnerability, and a woman who could shape matter to suit her own will. And they used it. They actually used those aspects of them, and they yeah. they didn't shy away from it at all. Like there was huge scale production. And uh, you're just like, yeah, it was like this, because I, I watched all of this today, like the whole season. Um, and it just felt like a really, really long movie where I had to like skip the, the outro every now and again, you know? Just felt like a movie that threw uh, credits at me a little bit more often than I would have liked. Yeah. But there was yeah. zero layout. And then I remember just thinking at the end of episode three, I, I remember thinking, I think it was episode three, I said, this is a different film now. Uh, this is different. This is, this is like, it's like a trilogy. Oh, yeah. Because it's not a film, yeah. but maybe a trilogy is a better word, like every three episodes. Because, But then coming out three, I think it was three, uh, Vision was starting, was literally starting to suspect that he'd even like unlocked a guy in his office for like a second using the, the Mind Stone. Um, and the guy was asking for help and all that. So he's, and then it, obviously it went from in the 50s to being kind of like a modern family or something like that. That's the, or Malcolm in the Middle, because one of the kids was talking to the camera. Oh, that- that was later on. That was later on. But anyway, it yeah. it, it was, I was like, no, this is different. I, I kind of realized in episode four or five, I was like, yeah, that I love Lucy is gone. That's yeah. gone. And their, and their like, like idyllic relationship is no longer. Because it was like 1950s TV idyllic. Yeah. You know, whereas like, come on, honey. Because he was, we'll still, he was still lost in the trance at that stage. Exactly. As well, like it was, let's sit in tonight and they'd listen and they'd dance and they talk about family and everything was just great in their world. Like so, it actually got more complicated. I mean, this is a love, this is a love story worth telling. It, it was, you yeah. know, like it did have it, but it, it wasn't bogged down by it because it was so many things at the same time. Yeah, I love that too because the first three episodes you have the kind of Dick Van Dyke aspect. Uh, yeah. uh, I love Lucy, and then ah, like, it'd be um, hard for anything worth you, tipping a cap to from nineteen. I'm going to say nineteen fifty-five, just to throw a number out, up to let's say twenty fifteen, something like that. Yeah, I'd say anything really worth tipping a cap to. Uh, it tipped cap to because obviously yeah, like, it was Bewitched, for example, and that was uh, like I mean, there's even a scene where there's Bewitched DVDs mm. and stuff, but she is a witch. And she's, you know, in the sixties, yeah. So that that was very on the nose. But they 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 did their best. Yeah, I think the next scene, the, the 
I think it was like when they started to colorize the episodes that it was like kind of Brady Bunch esque or so. Yeah. You know when when it was like when Monica Rambo uh, Rambo gets uh, kind of brought into Westview. You know, and she kind of joins. I think it's around. She, she gets sucked in in episode four. I think they uh, prequel think. it. Like so, yeah, obviously she's in it earlier and uh, she mm. gets kicked out. But then the prequel her and show how yeah. it came about. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, because, yeah, because she's in it for the first couple of episodes. And this sounds, this that sounds so spinner. confusing, but it wasn't. Mm. It never felt yeah. confusing. Episode four was really good because it actually, it's like, okay, we're going to jump the story on now. We're yeah. going to tell you who Monica Rambo, uh, Ram, it's uh, Rambo, I keep trying to call her Rambo. Yeah, but, um, I know, uh, yeah. Because the way it's spelled, like, um, but Monica, uh, Monica Rambo, uh, Rambo, sound right. But uh, she she gets she gets sucked in the whole and she gets you know I think it's episode four when they show her backstory and how she came back from the blip and her mother was dead and stuff who we saw in Captain Marvel part one and like and then like from the minute she's introduced to the story her backstory and she gets shoved out Westview I think the show just takes off she's a great character she's absolutely brilliant in the show but she was like the the problem with uh, on in Westview you had Wanda leading the narrative. But you didn't really have anyone leading the narrative outside of Westview until she came in uh, and Randall Park. I think it was uh, Wu or Cho. Is that his, his uh, agent? Cho, agent was it? Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, agent Wu. Sorry, Jimmy Wu. Jimmy Wu. Um, uh, what's called? Yeah. So when they kind of got introduced into it, like uh, Randall Park and you know Kat Dennings and um, Tinora Paris, I think her name is uh, the girl who plays Ram- Monica Rambo. Um. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, sorry, Tiona Paris. Yeah, I've never seen. Um, I've never seen. I'm not quite sure of the spelling, but yeah, Tiona Paris. Yeah. So when they when they kind of got introduced into it, I think the show kind of kicked on because the nar- each thirty minute episode was filled with two storylines instead of just wonders. Like I, I enjoyed the first three episodes, but um, it was a real slow burn. And then as soon as Monica Rambeau and uh, West outside of Westview came into it more and more often, you know, like when. Introduced like Kat Dennings' character and Randall Park's character. I think the show kind of took off from there. Like, because when you when I watched it back, I watched back some of it on Monday and the rest of it today. And like the first three episodes feels like its own show, like you said. And then the rest of it feels like a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that was like I love the way it just jumps. It's just like okay, this is what's going on, and now we're just going to get to it. You know what I mean? Like, and they they kind of rewarded our patience for the first few episodes. Yeah. They really did actually because they had little little things like she found a helicopter that was actually coloured, uh, you know, in, mm. in in a black and white world, and we had like, little like messages coming, yeah, little messages coming in through the radio, and yeah. uh, it all felt a bit Twin Peaks ish. And uh, what what did you make of the design of that drone that Monica Rambo uh, flew into Westview? It, it literally looked like it cost about 20 quid to me. Yeah. Like, it, it looked like a child's toy. I'm like, Sword made this drone? Yeah. Wasn't she, really? Wasn't she supposed to, like, what if we have something that looks like it should be from there or something? I don't know. I couldn't really understand it. But it did have missiles. No, no. I know that. No, no. That was a later drone. drone. That was one from the 1980s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm talking about the earlier drone when she arrives at Westview for the first time and she meets Randall Park's character, Jimmy Woo. And, um, oh yeah, he, uh, she had this like adorable her, little yeah. kids toy. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, what? Like it'd be different if she goes, oh, this is my my cousin's drone, or this is my drone. <laughs> I have it home. I had it just in my car. But she goes, this is this like this is sword technology. And I'm like, the intergalactic yeah. uh, organization. I can, I, I That's can their see technology. Why, like, okay, see why Star Tech is so popular, basically. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, all right. Uh, I, I was expecting to say you bought that and like, you know, what I call it, Best and Buy or something in America. <laughs> you know what I mean? We call it like Tesco or something, you know what I mean? Or Costco in America. But like, you know, I just think it's hilarious that like you have 25 million per episode and the drone looks like a child's tie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, I, I was just like, what? So we ran out of all the yeah. money. We got to make this drone. Uh, Kevin Feige's like, no, we literally, the meow said, I was on the phone to Mr. Meows. He said we couldn't, all the money's gone. We need to make this drone, Mr. Yeah, Feige. Yeah, no, we need to make this work. Uh, I've got an RC copter in the back of my car. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was where we were told as well that there there is no West View. There's an East View. Yeah. Yeah, I love that scene though. Because imagine trying to explain that in your own head. You're like, two guys are standing in front of a sign that clearly says West View. And obviously cops from that town. And they're like, nah, we're not... What's with you? <laughs> you know, and you're like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like you're just like too hard to compute. Nearly, I, like anytime I see a scene like that in a movie, I'm just like, what the fuck would you be thinking? Like it's like they're clearly like under the influence of something. Like you know what I mean? And you're just like, there's no comprehension for what it could be because when you're looking at the town at that stage, it looks just like an open yeah, street picturesque as well. Like you know, but that was like yeah, suspicious. So, you know, that was that was the problem. That was yeah. like, one of the first things. That no town comes out like the mailman kept saying like don't shoot me i'm just the messenger uh, <laughs> did you did you get that there was anything up with agatha um no but um uh i won't say that i didn't know completely because some super nerds online hello be they super nerdiness but like literally within two or three episodes they posted a meme someone did on, or maybe not a meme i think it might be in a tweet but i literally said Agatha was her name, and she was like, Agatha, and then they were like, Ag, A-G, from Agatha, which means Agnes, and then the part of H-A means Harkness, so Agatha means Agnes Harkness. I'm like, how the fuck did you work that one out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And then they had the, the picture of uh, uh, um, Robert Downey Jr. from Avengers, when your mom was playing Gallica. He's like, you didn't think we saw you, but yeah. we did. <laughs> you know, <that> one. <laughs> but um, yeah, but like, so I had a feeling there was something going on with Catherine Hans' character. There's actually something I forgot to mention in the introduction. She's fucking awesome. This show, same with um, Elizabeth Olsen. But um, uh, like, I just yeah, I had a feeling something was up in her just because of that. Because I knew some super nerd out there had done the maths, did the Batman like detective work, and figured it out. So I was watching her from episode three or four because, as I said, someone copped it very early on. Because obviously, you know, they're seeped in Marvel a lot, a lot more than me or you are. Um, most people, they're probably one of those fucking crazy guys that has like Marvel bed sheets yeah. in number 45. Uh. I, 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 got, <laughs> I got something. I got something from her, but it was only because she was around so much more than everybody else. While like she had the pleasantries yeah. with the neighborhood, she didn't really interact with them. Uh, she, you know, she, she yeah. was kind of insular. She stayed in the house and all that kind of thing. So I thought, this woman's around a lot. Like a lot. I didn't yeah. get... And the fact, the fact that Catherine, the fact that Catherine Hans playing her, yeah, as well, they're going to use like, her. You know what I mean? They are. They're going to use yeah, her. Yeah, she's so oh, good she's in the brilliant. show, though, isn't she? It's like, nobody was nobody was bad though. You know what I mean? You couldn't, you couldn't point to anyone and said they just did a really bad job. And one of Marvel's right, they used sorry. a lot of characters as well that showed you know the tertiary characters like Wu was in Ant Man mm. and uh, whatever Cat Dennings' character was called, uh, the scientist was in. Darcy, Darcy was in Thor. Darcy Lewis and Rambo was in Captain Marvel. Meow, so meow. They're all like tertiary characters, but it just—it was just like people yeah. who ex- 
she was a child in Captain Marvel. Was she? Yeah, it was her mother. Oh, yeah, because it was Captain based Marvel. in the 80s. Was this is set 90s. Was it the 90s? I thought it was almost sure. Yeah, it was it's set... No, it's set around 95, I think, because uh, I might be wrong on that, but Stan Lee is actually reading his script for Mallrats, which he later started with Kevin, or earlier previously started with Kevin Smith um, back in the 90s. And he's actually reading that on the bus when Captain Marvel fights with the Skrull, who's disguised as a nanny. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've read up way too much. Really in have, movies. yeah. <laughs> there is overdoing yeah. it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, four armed is four more. That's why I wanted to start a podcast about this shit, yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I thought, like, when I, again, like, I think if the first film was about her, well, if the first film, let's say, and that's the three episodes, probably about, well, yeah. it's about whatever we wanted it to be about. At that stage, it was, it was for the nerds online to speculate. And it was for us nerds yeah. to kind of like debate it amongst ourselves. And it was a, like it was going through these generational jumps and something was not quite right. But the second film was kind of more about figuring out what the hell was going on and actually getting yes. some answers. Um, I think the third film starts when Agatha all along finally happens where you realize that not only is Agatha not under her control, she's a far superior witch and with her own agenda. And I thought it was an absolutely wonderful reveal. And the way they did it in keeping with the narrative, and they had the whole like Agatha all along and she had the, it, it went back over all the previous scenes and it's her like pulling <laughs> the strings behind yeah. it. Oh, I thought that was excellent. And I killed, it's like, and I killed and Sparky, killed Sparky too. too. <laughs> Yeah, the, the wing, wing. yeah Catherine oh. Hand oh my her she's a meme wing, now man. Jesus like, Christ like I mean there's famous but you're yeah. up on your meme fan if you really manage you know you're immortalized yeah it's like memes are like our new um, they are yes yeah. and her wing is, <laughs> is, is, is the big one but she was just excellent I knew I mean, see that was the thing when, when Vision st- when Vision first realised that this world isn't right and that he's not right uh, was the first one and then Agatha the second one and then the third film and again I'm in my head I'm breaking them up into three threes and I think like, the last one was a Marvel yeah it's like movie. a three three act the movie la- like exactly. a three act movie the last one was a Marvel movie just a Marvel movie yeah yeah because like this is what they did this, they're like we're like well, we're going to give you action oh we're my god give you like, lots you of action you know what government I mean? kind of vision uh, the white the completely white blank kind of vision fight vision and that was yeah. like I think it's just called yeah, White Vision. Um, and mm. of course, they had check- like synthetic, I guess, Mind Stones, released Mind Stone powers. They were able to shoot, they, they were able to tear up the streets, they were able to fight in the air, they were able to, lots of special effects where they can kind of go through each other. Um, and then you had, of course, two yeah, witches essentially tearing the town apart and walking, like, even mm. like, I was even thinking, God, when um, she takes uh, one that through her own past figure out how she figured out how to create the town she created she wants to, she wants to understand her power there's that there's that cool thing mm. like you walk into a room and it's sokovia or something in the 80s and then it's like oh i don't want to go through that door and it's like an experiment lab five years later and then the other door leads you to like avengers tower where they had the vision's body or the, the fbi or cia or whatever it was and those sword and it was always really smooth. Like it was a door here, a door here, and a door here. And it was everywhere in the world. And it was nowhere in the world. And it was true every stage of her life. But it, they really did just do yeah. a really good kind of trick trick photography and uh, special effects where she just so smoothly intertwined between all those worlds. I thought it was done so well. Yeah. Even when she has a realization and then Agnes is sitting up in what would be a studio audience. 
and she's slowly clapping yeah. along. Everything about that was brilliant. Like their chemistry was brilliant for like protagonists oh, and antagonists. It was perfect. They worked well off each other. Fantastic. Mm. Um, but what's called so like we, we you know when you look at Marvel like well, I was going to say to you a few minutes ago but I kind of forgot but um, one of Marvel's massive strengths has always been their casting their ability to cast the right people that you'd never think you know what I mean like, like Elizabeth Olsen you couldn't imagine her as Scarlet Witch but Marvel like oh yeah, yeah she's Scarlet Witch and she's going to be fucking awesome and like now you can see the MCU has been slowly but surely based like centered around her like, I think when you look at the way WandaVision plays out, and, like, I think she could be getting set up. And I know Kevin Feige spoke about this previously, that WandaVision will play straight into, in terms of timeline, will play straight into uh, Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness. And because I think they're intrinsically linked, I think WandaVision might actually be the villain, or sorry, not WandaVision, but Wanda Maximal, Scarlet Witch. I think she'll be the villain in either the next phase of Marvel movies or at least in the next Doctor Strange. Oh, God, yeah. You have to understand that as well. Uh, like, you know, you write you write a bit and I write a bit. And you have to understand if you can... Like, if it was a Hulk, I'm just going to go Hulk. Because uh, he's, he's a brawler. And his whole thing is that he can tear shit up. And he's excellent for huge action scenes. And he could be an opponent to anyone because he's just so powerful. And he could be used as a tool. And that, 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 you could use him as a storytelling narrative. Or... You can use the woman that can bend the very universe around her to her own will. Uh, you yeah. sit in a room with really, really, really top of the line writers, established writers, and you think, well, which one do you want to use? I mean, that's a no brainer. She has, yeah. she, she, can, she opens the doors to so much. And she proved in um, Age of Ultron, Avengers 2, that she's ridiculously powerful yeah. in combat. Like, she pretty much takes out nearly all the Avengers in. Is it the part that's set in Korea or so? I think it's Korea where Iron Man, it leads to Iron Man fighting the Hulk because she gets in his mind. Remember, it's the one that go to sleep, go to sleep. Go oh, to yeah, sleep. I love that with the, the, um, the hand, the arm bit. That's a, yeah. Yeah. When he's wearing the, the Hulk poster, you know, uh, uh, Veronica or something, he calls it. Um, what's the Veronica? I think it was Veronica or something like that. Um, but they call it in the suit, they have a name for it. But uh, the, like, I just lo- uh, love how powerful she is. And now the fact, that one thing I never it never dawned on me until Catherine Han calls her a witch. The one that didn't have a fucking clue what a witch was. Not not even that she didn't know she was a witch. She didn't even understand like that witches like she understood that witches were a thing in a sense, but like no one thought witches were real. You know what I mean? It's kinda of like I love the realization when she goes to use her power, she doesn't understand his magic. Yes. She yeah, you she, know what I mean. She was an experiment. She understand why she can't. Uh, one of the was it the was it the mind stone? Was it the, it was the mind stone, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. We see it in Aaron Van Strucker's uh, compound. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so she obviously you have to suspend your disbelief because she's met Thor and stuff like that. But she taught her 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 powers were based in experimentation. Her brother got speed, and she got the ability to manipulate the the world around her including people's minds and stuff. It was a very cool power set that they ever you have to say. Um, but to expand yeah. on that so quickly, she did it so well though as well. She, she was shocked, but she was also kind of proactive the way you want it to be. You want, this, mm. you want the story to have gravitas, but you want it to be action. And I think Elizabeth Olsen, because it was all coming at her very fast from that point onwards, I think, I think the actual character of Wanda handled that really, really well throughout the entire thing. Yeah. I think like her far future... So used to last though. Very right. Yeah, she, 
she's so used to loss. Her character is that she's like, it, even though it's overwhelmed her, she's starting to learn how to take it in her stride, how to accept loss, how to move on past it, because that's her problem. Like she had, she lost Pietro in Age of Ultron, um, Spider Wardens, um, uh, Spider Wardens again, I guess, but Vision in Endgame, and like, and this is what we find out when she talks to Catherine Han, and we see that this is what caused her to trap. Um, I love the way they had it shaped like a, as a hexagon, so they could call it, they were trapped in a hex. And I just thought that was so clever because like, you know, which is hex or whatever, like, you know what I mean? But um, I just think like the whole backstory and it's it's literally the whole series, like even though it's like this magical sitcom that has all this action and all this cool fucking technology and gadgets and action, whatever, or sorry, yeah, set pieces. But at the end of the day, it's all about her character coming to terms with loss. I'm moving past it and I love the way Marvel do that because this is what makes Marvel so good they're like we're going to talk about a story that's in the sitcom format in a sense but it's mainly about a woman learning how to grieve and mourn the people that she's lost in her life into the nth degree or whatever you know what I mean and along that we're going to tell you a story about witches we're going to show you action we're going to show you a sword. We're going to build up all these new characters. Jimmy Woo, um, Monica Rambo, Kat Dennings' character, uh, Darcy Lewis, I think. But, you know, like, it's very clever that literally they always have a subgenre contained within the superhero genre. And that's why Marvel has such long longevity, or such longevity in comparison to the rivals. Because I can go see a superhero movie, but if you don't give me a subgenre contained within it, then that's where the fatigue comes from. Because a lot of people talk superhero movies would suffer from like the western fatigue but in when you look at westerns that's a genre unto itself and if you don't incorporate subgenres like the way marvel do i've said this before but if you don't incorporate these subgenres i think that's where the fatigue comes from it can't just be a superhero movie it has to be like look at dark knight uh like uh christopher nolan described it as his version of heat except it just happened to have batman and the joker in it instead you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a crime movie. Like, it's a cop chasing down after, like, you know, an anarchist, pretty much. You know what I mean? That's why it's a detective after an anarchist, even though the detective wears a bat suit and the anarchist dresses like a clown. But that's all it is. Kind of like, it's kind of like nearly the equivalent of, you know, Al Pacino chasing after Robert De Niro, even though Robert De Niro is not an anarchist in um the heat in heat. But that's what I think you need to do. Like, when you look at One Division, it's such a broad spectacle. Like, and, but in the end of the day, it's just about a woman coming to terms with death, loss, mourning, all that kind of shit, because that's all she suffered from. Her parents, then she lost Hydra, who took her in, then she lost Pietro, then she lost Vision, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, the whole thing is, like, that's what makes Marvel TV shows and movies special, I think, because you're able to contain a better, more serious narrative within the sitcom and the spectacle, you know, and I think that's what makes them so successful. I think the fact that you can take a story that, that massive and that high concept and actually ground it in something that's very human and, like, something as, as universal as loss, uh, I think you are you are on the right track. Because you're absolutely... Yeah. Something like that could so easily have spun out, and especially this, because if you if you describe... If you had 10 minutes to describe one division to somebody who has absolutely no idea what it is, he'd think you're insane. If you said, right, yeah. episode one to nine, so that gives me like, just over a minute an episode. Oof, okay, here it goes. So, enter a woman. Yeah. It's 1960s, you know? Like, yeah. You know, you, you yeah. come across like a psychopath. Yeah, you're like, 
you're like it's like a sitcom but it's generational it's they making all these time jumps but at the same time it's not making time jumps because it's all in her mind and she's manifesting yeah. this time you're like you'd be like okay guy <laughs> sit down <laughs> it's like and it's got witches and it's got <laughs> fbi agents and you're like, you're like okay guy <laughs> and technically he's not a robot you know and it's yeah yeah exactly you yeah. Have carbon-based carbon synthesoid it's the first time I've ever heard that term, but I'm going to be using it a lot. What would you say? Remember the first episode? Like, what would you say to some hash browns, like certain certain <laughs> pancakes? Da, 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 da. And he'd go, I'd say, I don't eat food. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Bettany is brilliant. He's very charming. And, I, he, and we're yeah, Irish, I, so we don't fall for the like the English charming thing. That it, it doesn't like drag us in the way it does Americans. They absolutely love it. Yeah. Love it. But he actually genuinely does have a real charm about. Him. In the role, yeah. Do you remember Probably the scene? Like I thought and it was just one. Of, it was one of the very grounded scenes, and it's like she's taken back to Avengers Tower after Pietro has died. Uh, Agatha brings her back through her own memories, and uh, the Vision, who starts by coming in like impermeably through the wall, so it's not like yeah. you know, it's not like it's 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 that grounded. And there, when she's watching Malcolm in the Middle, and uh, he sits with her, and uh, she he's. She said she said something to he said something to her that kind of triggered her a little bit. She lashed out with him a bit. And, How would you know? And he said something like, "It can't all be bad, because I can't be all there is." And it just he had this really grounded yeah. like the fact of the matter is he's both one of the wisest beings in the universe and also a baby. And yeah, exactly. He, you know, yeah. He's, so he's so new. new. It doesn't matter. Like he's so new. Yeah. He's trust into the world, and he just can't. He just captured that really well. Yeah, it's like that line he said is like, what's loss, uh, uh, what's grief by love enduring or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's some really, really great lines in this fucking show though. Like, um, but like uh, her, her relationship of vision and her chemistry with Paul Bettany is definitely one of the strongest aspects of the show. I'm sure like when they looked at the previous um, appearances, the many Avengers movies together. And I think that's what, like Kevin Feige was probably so sure about the success of one division, yeah. you know, because you can have a strange concept if your two actors are just world class. And Elizabeth Olsen is entering I'm into that shocked, phase now where we're portraying. I've said is, you know, I had the whole board with a silver spoon in the mouth, you know, these people who were born in third base and everyone treats them like they could, they're like the, the best of the best. She was fantastic in this. There's nothing I can take from her, nothing at all. Such range. Such range. Like even that episode of Modern, uh, the episode of Modern Family, the yeah. way she, like channels Julia Bowen oh God, from yeah, uh, yeah, Julia, like, yeah. oh my like the the mannerisms like she's exactly yeah. like the mother fine, from Modern Family like you know what I mean yeah <laughs> I love that I love that fucking episode like every episode had its own style of humor and her and Paul Bettany and Catherine Han and the extended uh, you know cast they nailed it every single fucking episode it's so hard to do every single episode they nailed it it's a different style of humor the different style of interacting yeah. on each other like you know what I mean it's just like. They just—they always knew what to do when and to do it. Never happened. Every and episode just like, was necessary. It didn't really indulge itself, despite being. Despite it, it sounds like the most self-indulgent thing in the world, but it didn't. It's the story was the story, and everything that happened felt like it was pushing the narrative, even when it didn't. Even yeah. when at first glance it didn't. Yeah, the first two episodes, you're like, oh, what's yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I can remember that's the feeling I had. I turned around at the end of the second episode, and I said, "Lauren's like." What what's what's this? I was like, I have a feeling it's going somewhere because it's Marvel, and I've the utmost trust in Kevin Feige. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hello, yeah, be my yeah. name. Like, you know, he's done. I think he's done 
every bit as much for Marvel as the likes of the legends of Stan Lee, Jack Kirby. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll go down in the history fighters. books. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, because he, he's done it on a different medium, yeah. of course, but like to the same extent, even more so. Because Paying homage to, like, he even um, has her like in her classic Scarlet Witch gear uh, in the, the Halloween episode. It's just clever. It's just paying homage oh, to, man. to the oldest, the uh, best of it. You, t- you talked about the Halloween episode there. What did you make of Evan Peters coming back, the guy you played? Oh. Uh, um, so a little bit of backstory on this, people, all right? Around the time that X-Men Days and Future Past was being made, um, and the same time um, Avengers, Age of Ultron, was being made, and um, Fox had owned the rights to X-Men characters and some of their extended characters, including Magneto's children, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, Wanda Maximoff and Pietro Maximoff. But at the same time, because of a rights issue, Marvel also had the rights to the same characters, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, Wanda Maximoff and Pietro Maximoff. So at the same time in the same year, we saw two actors portray the same character in two different movies at the same time, which was kind of weird. And that was Evan Peters played Quicksilver in yeah. X-Men Days of Future Past. One of the most memorable uh, uh, action sequences ever when he takes yeah. all the cards. And then we also seen Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, from Kick-Ass Godzilla play Quicksilver. He died, spoiler warns, we already said earlier. They're both in Kick-Ass. In that. They're both in Kick-Ass. Actually, that's, hmm. that's actually true. He, uh, Evan Peters is his friend, yeah. isn't he? He's, like he's one of his best friends. Um, uh, so what did you think of I'm going to ask you, like, I know they kind of explain it narratively, but what did you think of Evan Peters coming back? What do you think of the execution of having him being Pietro Maximoff for a couple of episodes and then the whole Ralph Boner thing at the end? There's the scene that kind of introduced Kevin Peters, of course, is that one that uh, Evan, Evan Peters, Peters. Excuse me, is that um, Vision finally confronts her about creating the world around them that like taking over people's minds and whatnot. And then, of course, there's a, a precariously timed of the doorbell and she said it's not me which actually would turn out to be the truth and you you open it and it's evan peters and you're thinking what's evan peters doing here and then he introduced himself as quicksilver as pietro at least and i remember thinking weird that was one of the more weird things yeah. i had seen because i know because like everything that you touched upon that he was quicksilver in x-men in the yeah why do, you, why do you think they did that? Oh, I, I honest to God think that somebody just... Uh, I, I first off, I thought, was there something personal to the actor? You know what I mean? When you see something like that and there's an opportunity yeah. to give, like, a guy who only ever got one film um, another, you know, another shake of, of, of the quip, you think they would, but they didn't. But then it just kind of works. It's, it's funny because the fact yeah. of the matter is our world is a distortion and it is fake. Um... Yeah. So I was thinking maybe she can't bear to see the face of her brother, but she does want him back in her life or just something like that. You know, I tried to get into the psychology of it. Yeah. Of course, it didn't really run quite that deep. Yeah, it was. It was. We find out later on that Catherine Hans' character, um, Agnes, is uh, or Agatha or whatever you want to call her, has pretty much. She's got on this local dude named Ralph Boner, which you know I wanted to ask you about that in a second. But so she she got a, a local dude named Ralph Boner. She convinced him that he was Pietro, and like you know she she gave control his mind in the same way that Wanda was controlling the townspeople of Westview, and like. And she pretty much sent him there to pretty much destabilize Wanda a little bit because she knows that Wanda is running from her loss in her past. So I think she was just sending him in to be a spanner in the works a little bit, you know what I mean? To kind of destabilize her. Because she's all about getting Wanda to show her her power. Yes. What she's got, how she did Wanda it. Wanda is know. not an experienced um, witch, but Wanda was able to do something on a scale 
that even yeah. Agatha, who was half a millennia or so old, uh, magic on autopilot, exactly is what she called it. actually, yeah. Um, so obviously she used, she moved into his house because his house was literally just of the location to have. You know, she needed to be a neighbor, and she obviously did a really, really good job taking over him. Um, I think it was just, it was literally just, I think if you were making shows like this and you go online and you find out they're after figuring out who Agatha Harkness is and, you know, like you, but you've had years of this, uh, that you think like, God, I, I just want to throw them a curveball they can't quite explain and then never explain it. I'd love that, you know what I mean? I'd yeah. love to, like Marcellus Wallace, was it Marcellus Wallace's soul in that, in that bloody briefcase in Pulp Fiction? Like that film's 27 years old and people are still asking that question, you know? Uh-huh. So some, because that's what the plaster over the back of his neck. That's was what the plaster over the back of his neck could have been, yeah. And it just goes on and on and on. And uh, the fact of the matter is, you don't know, you don't know. And maybe that's the answer. That's the answer. It's whatever you want it to be. It's a little, it's a little storytelling what, thing that you can have a bit of fun with. What do you think of the payoff with the Ralph Boner? Like everybody was very annoyed about that. Like that. Like oh, we got this guy to come over from crossover from. Because they own the X-Men rights now, so they're able to use Evan Peters as Ultra yeah. Maximoff. Like, um, and then you think, is this going to lead to the reverse of House of M? I think you spoke about yeah. it before. You, you're more well-read in the Yeah, House of M, M, the No More Mutants. Like, I think, yeah. You know, More Mutants, is that, that's how it ends pretty much. It's one of the last lines yeah. or something, isn't it? And, um, and then I did, a lot of people thought they were going to do the reverse now that Disney owned the X-Men rights. The, the last line in this was going to be Mutants. And I thought that would have been fucking genius. Oh, I thought that would have been amazing. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? No, the part where she's playing with the dark hole. Exactly. Um, and I call it myself. And she just looks up and she goes, Yeah. Mutants. But she hears, like, like, come hears on. I'm getting goosebumps yeah. saying it now. And I, and I, it didn't mean nothing when I said it. When I say it, like, you know what I mean? And like, I'm getting, like, even when I say it, I get goosebumps. Imagine that after watching the nine episodes and then Elizabeth Olsen, the mutants, and then it just cuts to the police standby thing. And you're just like, what? <laughs> you know, and you know it's going to lead into multiverse of madness. And you're going to be like, okay. Like, I didn't like, everybody's excited for Marvel, but if you think mutants are on the horizon, like, like everybody is going out in the middle of a pandemic, don't give a fuck, $1 billion box office. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Doctor Strange would have been getting hopped out of it. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. And they're, they're, that's the thing. They, they, they've lined up... <laughs> And not, and they've kept alive the people who can forward the narrative more. One, you can get rid of Tony Stark because Tony Stark's a genius. He can actually have so many things in place that he can be a kind of a part of it in some sort of way for an awful long time yeah. to go. And you've got two massive, massive magic users, and you've then you've opened up the possibility of a multiverse. You kind of fail to see what they ca- technically can't do. Like, what is yeah. it? What can't they do? Like, you know. Like if Spider Verse happens, live action Spider Verse happens, which is the mad rumors. Andrew Garfield told McGuire, like Alfred Molina has already signed on to Spider Man Three. Jamie Fox has already signed on to Spider Man Three. Like, if that happens and Multiverse of Madness has the ramifications in terms of narrative and storytelling that we think it's going to be, all better off. Like all better off. Like literally, they're going to like if Marvel are going to start using the people that have already been cast in these roles. Like, who knows who they're going to bring? Maybe Fassbender is going to come in as Magneto, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, even though I'd like to see a younger actor casting the part. Like, you could have James McAvoy coming in. You know what I mean? Like, like if you add the X-Men roster that's in its current, like, Days of the Future Past iteration to the MCU roster, like, 
the next Avengers movie is going to cost about 350 yeah. million to make. But it'll make a billion back. And then and that's not to say what it'll make. Uh, no, two billion. Yeah. Make two billion. The last one made two billion. Then. Yeah. And that's not to say anything of what it'll make in merchandise. And it's just, yeah, it, 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 you, you write your own, you write your own checks. Anything short of Superman is, is not, is the, yeah. you could see in, you know, the, the, the multiverse now. Um, so I think, oh God, you have to you have to tip your cap to them. They, they they didn't try and this isn't first gear. This is fourth. This is fifth phase. You know what I mean? It's yeah. And they're like, you're either you came along with us for the ride. We're not explaining things to you anymore. Like that's that's what Marvel are like. Like we gave you twenty three movies. We explained everything along the way. We're not explaining things to you anymore. You either know the backstory of these characters or you don't, because we're mo- we're forward motioning. That's what Marvel are now. They're just complete forward motion since phase, the end of phase three, I think it was. They've just been complete forward. They're like, okay, we wait for you to catch up. Now we're getting on with things. Like everything's been set in place by the trilogies of Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. You know what I mean? And like when you look at it, like they're just like looking at it and they're just like, now everything's set in place. It's up to you to be up to date with us. Like, like if you don't have Disney Plus, you're not going to understand the link between WandaVision and Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. And Kevin Feige said this. From out the gate, he was like, "One division's going to link in straight completely into Multiverse of Madness." So that's pretty much telling people, "Get Disney Plus." That's literally yeah. what he's saying there. And that one little sentence is like, "You yeah. have to have, you have to get Disney Plus <clears throat> because these are completely interconnected yeah. with our movies." And it's so clever. And one's going to lead directly into the other, and that's it. They've, they've 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 shown you that it's kind of all a part of the same tree, and you know you need you need to you need to get there from the bottom up. And the, the, this yeah. phase starts with um, starts with one division. I, I I don't I don't reckon Falcon and Winter Soldier really. I tell you, it didn't have it had consequences, but compared to one division, I don't think they were quite as. It's going on the other side of the world too, because most of Falcon and Winter Soldier seems to be set yeah. in Europe, you know, um, Sokovia and places. Yeah, you know. but uh, I think I think that he was right. Like, to be honest with you, I think you could. If you, it's it's kind of worth enjoying on all the platforms. Like I'm not, I wouldn't never tell people what to do with their money, but they they are actually yeah. delivering the product. Yeah, to the same to level the as same level as the quality and storytelling. Just like I mean, I, how you, there's no yeah, argument I mean, to be made there, is there? The way I look at it is, if Marvel's saying to me for eight euro a month, you can enjoy a two hundred million dollar movie in nine chapters from the comfort of your own home. Every week, where the storytelling is going to be of a two hundred uh, two hundred million uh, uh, movie, it's going to be to that level. The special effects are going to be to that level. The the characters we're going to use, they're going to be characters you know, you love, you know their backstory. You got a Wanda, you got a Vision. You know what I mean? Like straight out get next up. Like we're not going to all of a sudden start scraping out C and D level characters. We're going to bring the characters from the movies that you know and love so well that we built up all this backstory for, and we're going to put them in this new medium. And it's going to be the exact same feeling as you get when you go see a Marvel movie in the cinema in terms of storytelling, special effects and spectacle. You know what I mean? I just think it's if you're a Marvel fan, it behooves you. I never thought I'd use that. Oh, word well sense, but behooves you to get Disney, get Disney Plus. And I'm not no shit for Disney. I'm a nobody. You're a nobody. We're all nobodies here. So I just think if you're a nerd and you're a Marvel fan, you need to be in on every step of this journey because they're not going to yeah, wait for I, I, no, the product. The product is there. 
I mean, again, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're like the two only people who don't belong to Disney. I'm sure we probably will in some sort of fashion. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, hope also, so. Yeah, like, <laughs> if we're gonna, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, Disney, I'll work on anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will, yeah. Literally yeah. anything. I see how you yeah. promote for me. In, uh, you know what I mean? I'll flipping, get my foot flipping in the door. Flipping one of those signs movies. Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll start, start somewhere. somewhere <laughs> Come on, Mr. Meows. Pick especially up when they also show you that <laughs> what they're going to be doing over the next X amount of years, maybe three years or so. That's Marvel are so different. Not to cut across, but the forward planning. Oh, yeah. Well, see, the thing is about DC is they need to get, I think once you get the first three or four steps right, fifth, six, seven, eight, nine, ten onwards, the plat, once the foundation there is laid, I think you can build on it. Mm. And I just think that they've, they've had so many missteps. That I just thought, you know, you don't know if it's going to work for them. Hopefully, eventually it does. But Marvel, those first steps are the most important. And what were the first steps? The first Avenger, Captain America, Iron Man, they got right. They they, they yeah. had the, the the scenes at the end. They tied in Nick Fury. They tied in the Hulk, and then every step of the way, they just got right. And the missteps, are what like Captain Marvel, Dark World, Thor, Dark, Dark World, World maybe. maybe. That had a troubled production in its defense. It lost its director quite close to the production, as far as I know. You know, Patty Jenkins was supposed to come on. She dropped out as well and ended up with Alan Taylor, I think. I'm not too sure I can check it, but he's a guy that did a lot of TV directing. And so Game of Thrones and such. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, yeah. yeah. Still made six or seven. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, they all made bank. That, that's, that's just, yeah, there's no, yeah. no question to be had there. But the question is, the, the question is so what? If you if, if I give you twenty four films that my company's made, you're like, wow, twenty two of them are great, <laughs> and two of them were not so great. <laughs> that's that's a great return. And now that they have the next couple of years planned out, because they they can. Oh, sorry. But now now that they have that, they can, they have so many people for these new characters to interact with. <laughs> it has to be easier yeah. starting from scratch. Like, look how, how they they started um their MCU. They started it on, like, using air quotes, B-list characters in a lot of sense, and a lot of mainstream people. Like, they know Spider-Man. They know X-Men. No Fantastic no. Four. They started with Iron Man. Thankfully, Kevin Feige, I think, was one of his first decisions was to cast Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. From the gate, he was showing he's a visionary, Kevin Feige, I'm talking about. But, like, um, he straight away, like, you're building on Iron Man, and everyone's like, okay. I'm open-minded. John Favreau, you know, he's got a good, like, you know, a good foundation in, in movies. You know, he's a good actor. He's, a, you know, he's directed some stuff. And you're like, okay, Robert Downey Jr., Travel Pass, but you can see it ma- matches very well with Tony Stark. And then you're like, all right, that's a really good fucking movie. Everybody went in with no expectations, I feel. And everyone's like, that's a really good fucking movie. And then Incredible Hulk, you're like, hmm, I can see why, you know, I can see maybe this is a little bit shakier than we thought. And then you see Iron Man 2, not as good as the first one. Oh, yeah, any stretch. You're like, okay. It would also yeah, probably fall into as good. the pile of not so great ones, but it was still fine. Like, it was still pushed. Yeah, and then, but they started to slowly expand their universe with Iron Man 2. Like, I know we've seen a cut scene, I think, was at the end of The Hulk. I think you said it to me before because I got this wrong before. It's like, where Iron Man is talking to Thunderbolt Ross, um, General Ross, um, played by William Hurt, I think. At a bar, and then the, the story talk they're talking about, you know, the Hulk or whatever they allude to this the Avengers thing. And then and, Edward um, Norton, and like, Edward Norton himself, he wasn't in the Avengers. 
Yeah, he, he. In my opinion, I know we'll go about it later on at some stage, but like, I, in my opinion, Edward Norton was completely the wrong casting as Bruce Banner, and his portrayal of Bruce Banner came across as a schmooze, like the guy that was just like he was there to just borrow money from people. It was weird. Like it was, I just didn't think he maybe he wasn't passionate about the person. But Mark Ruffalo, to me, was just like in the in the same sense like that Don Cheadle. I didn't think was the best person to replace Terrence Howard uh, as James uh, uh, War Machine, Roddy Rhodes, but like. I think Mark Ruffalo replacing Ed Norton was a fucking masterstroke. So if that comes down to Joss Whedon or Kevin Feige, I know Joss Whedon's much maligned right now, but whoever did it deserves their props because like, they learned from their mistakes much quicker than anybody else, it seems. like They understood that, okay, Iron Man 2 is a little bit weaker than Iron Man 1. What are we going to do with Captain America 2? And that yes. follows up. We got we got Winter Soldier, like, one of the best oh, of oh, all my favorite, Marvel my movies. I just thought that was a diehard given by her superpowers i just loved it loved it. yeah uh yeah no it's exactly and and, and and there's probably even like the bad films you the films you didn't like you probably still have to kind of give them a little bit of credit because whatever whatever they got wrong they got right later and they only know from getting yeah. those things wrong you know um yeah and it and i think as well was they were trying to introduce these directors and filmmakers so the thing is like we have an outline created you have to make the movie within our outline. And I think that's what happened with Edgar. Is Edgar Wright that left um, Ant-Man after working on it for like nearly a decade or something. And I think it just comes down to like, eventually now they know, they, everybody knows going in. If you're going to get a job from Marvel, everybody knows the constraints. If you could call them that, that you have to work within. You have to work within their greater narrative, their greater outline. So as a filmmaker, you can come in here and put your own stamp on it. And that's why the films, I think, have gotten better because the filmmakers coming in understand the process better now, I think, and what it's like to work with Marvel. And I think back in the day, I think there was a little bit of a... That's why a lot of the directors changed earlier on. Like, I think Kenneth Branagh directed the first tour. He was gone. Alan Taylor came in for the second one. You know what I mean? Like, And then when they kind of got their studio directors, I think that's when... You know what I mean? The the movies themselves kind of start progressing better because like you have like a Peyton Reed is doing all the Ant Man movies. The the Russos did uh, uh Winter Soldier, they did Civil War, they did uh Infinity War, they did Endgame. You know what I mean? Joss Whedon did the first Avengers, he did Age of Ultron. Like when you have all these kind of like people that are if you can attach one set one director or a set of directors to a trilogy inside your greater narrative. I think that would make the movies better overall because they understand where the movie has to be or what way it has to come alive. Absolutely. You know, like, in a way. And also, I think, well, again, to, to go back to the fleshing out idea, there's just something about if you had to write an Avengers film tomorrow and you were like, okay, I have Robert Downey Jr., you could just hear him in your head. Like a lot of these actors did, yeah. were kind of world-class actors and they did such a great job that you can just hear Captain America in your head or you can put him in a scenario and imagine what he could do. Like, so you, you, you've kind of, you're standing on the shoulders of giants so you actually, you know, yeah. they've done so much of the work for you, the character development. You kind of like, don't forget, like Tom Holland was Spider-Man for about eight minutes when he had like a film under his belt, a Spider-Man film under his belt. The second one was already in development and he had appeared in like two events, uh, the third Captain America and an Avengers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were coming you at you fast. I mean? yeah. and and he was Spider-Man for about eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah, because Spider-Man is the kind of gun that you need to fire immediately because he's exactly. so popular and so famous. He's he's Marvel's level of famous exactly. Batman. Like Spider Spider-Man, like I think we spoke about this maybe during one of the amazing Spider-Man podcast, but Spider-Man is very much on the level of a of a, a Superman Batman. Oh, yes. He is Marvel's most well-known superhero. Absolutely. I think yeah, it's because people have a me, me included. I kind of prefer street level superheroes. I don't need like 
people fighting on the, the surface of the sun. You know, I, I, I like mm. the cosmics, like the Captain Marvels and stuff. It's all it's all about a gun, and I love Superman and stuff like that. But I like I like the street level ones, and that's what Spider Man was. He was literally trying to make his neighborhood yeah. a better place, or make his city a better place. But he was obviously had a cool power set as well. So the second they got him, use him, use him. Where are my where are my films? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's in, let's tie him into this. Let's tie him into this. But in his first two years, he had gone in front of like four different directors or I, I don't know how many directors really but no I think the Russo yeah, Russo is the director of the movies you know, he appeared in um, yeah yeah I can't I can't remember who did the Spider-Man movie but I'll check but, it out in a few minutes but, the, but then you just, you just have to think to yourself right how do we how do we flesh out Spider-Man what kind of guy is Spider-Man going to be and you think you know what I'm going to put I'm, I'm going to put Robert Downey Jr. in a room with him in my head uh, yeah, John Watts and, and I'm going to put Robert Downey Jr. in a room with him in my head how would he react to the, the the myth, the man that is Tony Stark. I don't know. It just feels like it starts to write itself because you've done the work, you know. And the <coughs> fact that it, and it, it you culminates know, in something like One Division, it's a masterpiece. Like, like, and yeah, do you know the way? Like, we were kind of touching on the, the big Spider-Man reveal and stuff like that. And Mar- Marvel are kind of the masters of reveals and make, making you wait, and they had the payoff is always worth it. Master reveals. Like, What's think... nickname is cool? <laughs> Only by the cops. Um, but but uh, but uh, in one division, the big reveal is when like it kind of dawns on you, like yeah, she is, she hasn't got a moniker like a lot of these other superheroes. And then when you see Catherine Han decides to you know show herself and that she's a witch, and we see this whole episode, I think it's episode eight or something, and we finally hear the moniker, "You are born. This is chaos magic. You are a Scarlet Witch." What did you make of that awesome. reveal? Yeah, padding in, and you knew she was going to say it as well. You, you know, she and yeah. she has the real serious face. She has her kids tied up in magic, and she goes to Scarlet Witch, and it was just like, oh yeah, it was a little bit of like just a tingle up your spine, you know. You just it's crazy yeah. like you've just been waiting for somebody to like lean over and whisper it into your ear for like yeah, yeah. Like, and perfect way to end an episode as exactly, well, exactly. Because you know we've seen things like Spider Man again, uh, where he's got no, I'm I'm the man spider, I'm the spider. <laughs> fighter you know yeah and then somebody yeah. says spider-man just, or somebody says superman or something for the first time and it's about an hour into it's the film but she'd been scarlet witch for about five years yeah in our minds but not in that world which is kind of weird because you never even in in my mind i was like yes yeah, is that the first time anyone's ever called yeah, her scarlet witch and it was like you know what i mean I, yeah and it just didn't dawn on me until that moment because when you hear it you're like Holy shit! I always refer to her as Scarlet, and, and then you find yourself going maximum. like, "Oh, okay, we have to go and fight like this, you know, world level threat." Get me like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Spider Man. Get oh, get Wanda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so help me, Wanda. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, did you did you like for me that that reveal was fucking incredible? And then we see the. The dark hold now as well. Like I, I, I spoke to you about this before. Um, at the dark hold, like I'm a big proponent of Agents of Shield, and the dark hold never watched it. You have me, you have me whatever. Yeah, yeah, and um, I just think, or sorry, I the dark hold itself appeared in Agents of Shield, and I think now that we see it again in a different iteration in One Division, which is going to be you know linked to the MCU, uh, you know, totally like and not like the shows where the shows are kind of like they were, they warned. Now I think Agents of Shield is no longer canon in Marvel's eyes. 
That's the way I look at it. Once upon a time, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. took his P's and Q's from what happened in the MCU movies. And then after Winter Soldier, it became its own show. Obviously, to the betterment of the show, I think it was at the end of season one or two. And like I just think now Marvel are doing this tidy up job. We're going to decide what's canon, what's not. We're going to decide who stays on, who doesn't. And I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. might have been kind of washed away now with the Dark Horse reappearance and yeah. collaboration in... Yeah. Agents of Shields, I never really watched it. I've probably only ever seen about an hour of it in total, but I don't think it was operating at yeah. the level of a um of you know a film. It wasn't a film broken down the way one it was very much very a TV, much TV series. You know, that kind of they, they were sometimes they see, I, I, I think they might have been sparing with using like even superheroes' names, you know. It, it wasn't it wasn't quite treated with the deference mm. that, that the obviously the films were. So I'm thinking they're thinking, okay, no, we're we're, go, we're going big picture here. We are we are actually yeah. Like yes, Endgame has happened, but we're actually going to try and build from it, and that's big, big yeah. thinking, big thinking. And they're going yeah. to have everything from things that reflect in society. We're going to have a Black Captain America. Uh, we're going to have, and then we're going to have kind of a universe that's expanded. I, I, I don't know. It, it's trying to cover all its bases. It's trying to kind of reflect the world around it, not reflect the world around it. It's, it's. It's gone very cerebral, and I do think that maybe some things are going to have to be left behind. Yeah, because like if you're trying to tidy up a timeline, sometimes the the bigger stuff, like a, a series that ran for twenty two episodes, whatever, like you can try and link that all up, or maybe you can just say, uh, you know, we do have a multiverse going on here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you can just literally say, well, yeah, Agents of Shield was in its own multiverse, uh, and they could even go as far as saying, no, yeah, Phil Coulson died. In our world, yeah. in the Phil Coulson that you've seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the whole Tahiti thing, not to ruin anything on you or anybody that hasn't seen it, but his whole backstory in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how he came back alive, so he could say, well, that was in a different universe. He died in our universe. We, Phil Coulson never reappears in the MCU movies. So you could say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. takes place in another universe. You could even bring true, like if you do Multiverse of Madness, I think they'd be stupid if they didn't bring Daisy Johnson, Quake, Chloe Bennett. I haven't seen the last season of Agents of Shield, so if she dies, she dies. But um, no, like, but I just think you know, she, there's some really good characters there in Agents of Shield. Not like, like not to, not to forget Clark Gregg. Actually, no, he did reappear in one of the MCU movies, but it was a prequel in Captain Marvel. Um, him and Samuel Jackson. Were you might actually have a, again, you know, Marvel did with Rainbow and very Rambo and um, a few of the other kind of tertiary characters from Mad Men and. Or you might you might have a few people bleed in in some sort of fashion. Yeah, it, it, even just like one or two, and you just even if you go, uh, yeah, that was actually in the multiverse. That's in a different timeline. But if you bleed them in, take your Chloe Bennett's, your Clara Gregg's, maybe Fitz and Simmons. Like you know, um, I don't know the, the real actors' names. Um, but like if uh, I think one of them was Ian something. But um, if you just take them and you could you could incorporate them into the movies easily, as in the same sense of uh, Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill. Yeah, you know what I mean. Jesus, I watched way too much of these movies. Um, <laughs> like you know, from uh, like I just think you could have them in the background. There's no like instead of having an extra, Chloe Bennett. Yeah, I, I know it costs you a little bit more, but you can afford a Marvel, and it just it's a nice little nod. Like if you have a, a mission where Shield is involved or Sword, there's no reason you couldn't have Clark Gregg, Chloe Bennett. You know, and a few just three or four characters taking up small roles. That would just be a, a, like a, a small gesture that would go a long way in terms of fan service. I think of people that want to see this greater inclusion of the expanded universe because they said at the start it's all linked, it's all connected. But because the timeline has gotten so big, it's less connected than we hope for. Yeah. Claimed. 
Yeah, that's it. Like, see, even right now with with everything that's going on, they, they have a couple of reset buttons built in. And yeah. Time travel, multiverse. Which they've already touched on. So we've, they've gone... And even... Uh, yeah, they've, they've got multiverse, they've got magic, and they've got time travel. Uh, and Loki... Uh, and whatever's going on with Loki, Loki who's, already God, who's already dead now because of time traveling, is not... Yeah, can't wait to see that show. show either, actually. Um... But yeah, there's they have so many reset buttons built in that I think they are going to get very advanced. And don't forget, one the one there was a big roll of the dice. They they needed they needed a five or a six, you know. They needed to land on a five yeah. or a six, and it did. And now they're thinking, guys, we, yeah. like what what exactly is it we can't do? All all yeah. the <laughs> yeah. intellectual property do we have? That's it. That's yeah. it. And, That's and the only think... thing you have to work within. And you think because they're like, they literally go, this is what we're going to be doing for the next couple of years. And everybody knows. And so there's kind of like in a sense that if you don't like one division, well, you might like Falcon Winter Soldier. That's going to be on in two yeah. months. That's you it. know what I mean? It. Like there's action? some people, you, yeah, you know what I mean? Want to, just a, yeah. a, a more action-based, straightforward. Well, there you have this. Uh, was Groot one of your favorite characters? We might give him a show. Just crazy, like yeah, crazy, you know what crazy. I mean. Yeah, it's like, and it's like, if you don't like this chapter of the story, you'll yeah, probably like you want, the next is there something you want to watch? You like that chapter? You know, there's certain, there's yeah, we yeah, have that too. Going to be a, a lot, an awful lot more innocent than others. I don't think one division would have particularly upset any too many kids. Actually, now that I think of it, it wasn't like particularly violent or anything. Um, in, in like a, a kind of a slightly hard segue, but like I know we were talking about doing Marvel, like always delivers and stuff, but like, um. Well, how did you think they delivered in terms of spectacle? Like when you talk about your, you mentioned, like we talk about carbon-based synthesizers, which yeah. is whatever the fuck. Like how did when they showed us the power of Catherine, or Ag, sorry, uh, Catherine Hans Agnes Harkness, Har- uh, Agatha Harkness is it Agatha yeah. Harkness? Isn't it? Her name is Agnes. Yeah, it was the or was her pseudonym. But like, so when they showed us her power, Wanda, like. Uh, I want to start actually with Wanda. What did you make of her power set in this? Because we talk a lot about this on here. Like, I just think it just showed her to be this ridiculously powerful being. Like, scary. Yeah, but, that, but that's it. Like, I mean, the, the, the thing is she's so powerful that what scares you is her psychology. You know, because she's experienced so much grief and loss and she's obviously kind of... She's exactly, slightly unstable. But, like, like, but the, there's even a good part at the end where Rambo says to her, like, you know, he, she, she says, I'm not mad at you. I, I, if I could, I'd bring my mom back. I know I would. So you're just thinking, like, mm. well, should anyone have that much power? Like, you're not talking Captain America here. You're not talking increase. You're literally talking, you talking God, God levels. Level. You yeah, like but you are. Like, you're literally like be able to change the very. Like, at one stage, somebody goes through in a military truck, and it comes in the other side an ice cream van. Yeah, uh, like, or uh, that's when she tried yeah. to drive through, was it? Uh, Monica Rambo, and it pushed. It Elizabeth Olsen didn't do that in the sense that, like, it's like you said, it's power and autopilot. Like Agnes says, like that was just how that would just be yeah. how it would fit into her world. She's at that tier that yeah, she was actually terrifying. Do you think? Do you think the like the big explosions of power she shows, like 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 name any other superhero apart from maybe Captain Marvel who's slightly overpowered? I don't like, like but like I suppose it's, I was going to say I don't like characters slightly overpowered, but even not saying that Wanda's slightly overpowered, but like like the energy bursts and shit like that, like. I, I love the like the fucking the show it's force, the anime for lack of a better term. Arms, it's where they go super saiyan you know it's mm. it yeah no they, they do just a moment where it all builds up and that's it like she was able to do it because she just simply was able to do it as in her powers were at yeah. that scope but it's almost no need for incantation it, I think yeah, I exactly. it's almost like the mama mama bear being able to pick up a car 
if you know what I mean. It's not like that's it's not something she can do. It's something she can do then because the you know the, yeah. the planets were aligned just right that she was able to reach that deep into herself. Because um, she was screaming, screaming so, so much. much, and that's the thing. Like I mean, there's even a conversation about that in it, a very subtle one of what would you do if it was you. Like it, yeah, you would though. You, like you would bring him back. Try and, and make your life. You know what I mean? There's, there's, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And and in her terms in her life or the sitcoms she watched growing exactly. up as a kid that they showed him when he was. And it, oh, I thought the way they tied it all off, like not to stray too far from the power thing, but like I thought the way they tied it all off, how they explained everything, um, Ag- Agatha's role in everything, you know, Agatha did it or whatever. Agatha all along. And like. Agatha. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Agatha all along and like in the the one of the Maximus backstories and the way they tied it all in from the previous movies and stuff was really neatly done. But like, I just, what did you make of the final showdown? Like, because I want, I want to talk to you like, because we're talking about the power sets, but like, so Vision fights White Vision, one that faces off against um, Agatha. And um, what did you make of the final showdown? Do you think it was the spectacle worthy oh of Marvel movie? Oh my God, was it ever? But I, I, I did question somewhat, um, even though it was done quite well, I did question somewhat defeating a synthesoid by using a paradox. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it's like yeah. explain. <laughs> <laughs> What's the square root, square root of zero, you know, and you, you defeat a guy who can like, you, it could tear yeah. the world. It's like Schrodinger's, what's he talking about? Uh, Fermi, not Fermi's paradox, it's like some others, was it? It's something about a ship. That was, yeah, they used about the, the yeah, boards being replaced exactly. in a ship. So, like, and to, to paraphrase and do an absolutely terrible job of it. Because at certain like, but, I, I believe yeah, every word yeah. of it. But at certain <laughs> like, you could say that there's a certain point where the ship has been so damaged um, over a space of so many years that every single piece of the ship has been replaced at some point. Is that still the same ship? Like when the Yeah, and in the other the other half of the paradox is if you take all the boards out and take away the rot. And put the boards back in is even still or the same is, ship because you still the take rot it. Makes it. Yeah, exactly because the rot is what Thank captures you, its story in a sense. Yeah, it's the wear and tear. It's it's wear and tear. It's what it's a story. It's 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 like I, I know it's like people, man. You know what I mean? Like and that's yeah. it. it is, and it was done. It was handled quite well. And it, what what's that old saying? We are our yeah, experiences you're, 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 or some bullshit. Something like that. Your culmination of your experiences. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it handled it quite well. But eventually, he just kind of goes. Uh, so, like, but to boil it down to a second, he kind of goes, "I'm here to kill Vision with your Vision." And he goes, "Ah, well played." Yeah. Well <laughs> 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 it's just that's that just reminded me so much of the Spider-Man meme where the three Spider-Men <laughs> are finding <at> each other. <laughs> like, what did you make of the the the? I know the the kind of culmination of the the, the Vision versus White Vision was a bit ridiculous, but like, what did you make? Oh, of I loved it. I mean, the, it was so the, great. The, the, they, 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 obviously they have a good matching power set because it's the same power set. Uh, you know, they were trying yes. to grab each other's and headlocks and they were just kind of phasing through each other. And of course, they're able to literally, <laughs> they, you forget that they have a super powerful laser and that they're you know, like basically almost completely impervious to harm because they're made of vibranium. They can fly. They're super strong. Uh, so it's just like, yeah, yeah, and they were just tearing it up. But the fact that they were able to jump back and forward between two witches and two synthesized Jimmy Carbon life forms um, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so which? <laughs> Three pointer? Touchdown. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So close. <laughs> but, uh, but the fact that he kind of was able to jump back and forward, as in at this point, I felt like they're showing off. It was like, yeah, that's right. 
the the the, flat, the two visions are fine out over there, but we I might I might just check out what's going on over here. You know, that's it. There's, there's a lot going on what did, here. What did you make it? What did you make of the final showdown between Agatha and Wanda? I loved Wanda. the final final showdown for a couple of reasons. One was you start to trust yourself a little bit. There's, that's the rocky thing, isn't it? You know, you get up, you're up, but after you're after Drago's after like well, if it was real life, he's after killing you about four times. But <laughs> yeah, like Drago is juice yeah, incarnate. Exactly. Like he's Mr. Story kills a guy earlier in the film. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> so originally defeated Rocky. Like, but anyway. But yeah, twice anyway, he uh, but he gets up and he learns. He knows, like you know, whatever he knows that he doesn't protect his lower left side, that sort of thing. But they obviously on a much bigger scale. And um, first and foremost, she lets her have all her power. And but she had put the runes up. That's what she spent the last of her power doing, which is something she had only yeah. learned from Agatha, which is always good. It's it's not the first time it's yeah. been done, but using information that your enemy has given you. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, you're super powerful yeah. naturally. Let me yeah. give you some information. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Like, <laughs> these, you know these I mean? are runes, and the easy way to remember this one is kind of like an R, but like the top of a T. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like no, across yeah. no. to the left. To, to the left. Oh, <laughs> what kind of chicken scratch is this? You know, like, let me show yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do you yeah. have your phone? Let me but take a picture know, for you. It. Really cool, just, it's only a one second scene, but, but she kind of goes up in the air and she kind of very nonchalantly kind of like points her finger at herself and then she disappears and materializes behind her. And then you're like, oh yeah, no, this is like, uh, this is I, I like in the second Spider-Man, Holland Spider-Man film, where he finally trusts his spider sense. And he's, yeah. he's flying blind because he's up against a, an illusion, basically. Uh, but he just trusts his actual yeah. innate spider sense, and he's able to get to the bad guy, defeat him. You know, it's, it's a landmark, it's a landmark moment, moment for the character. character. Is actually a really good way of putting it. But she's obviously at that moment. That's the badass moment where you realize that she's not the the, the Wanda of old. She's not the Wanda that accidentally yeah. got those people killed, um, taken out. Ugh, crossbones. Can't think of his name. Um, yeah, crossbones. Yeah, Frank Grillo. Crossbones. Um, She's not that at all. In fact, she could have materialized that. She could have spread his atoms to the four winds. You know what I mean? Like, she's she's a whole new thing now. It's almost like Bruce Banner becoming the Hulk. That's how much she's upgraded, you know? And uh, so there's just that badassness to it, and it's the comeback, which is always good, too. Yeah. Like, the, the vision versus vision thing, there was no comeback. They were so evenly matched that it had to be... Oh, oh, yeah. It was a matter of get, getting through to him on a yes, logical yes. level. And uh, with Agatha, it was brilliant she did the whole rune thing and then she defeats her and then she turns out she and it's just great she goes are you going to lock me up somewhere and she goes not somewhere here uh i'm going to give you the role that you chose for yourself and i'm just like yes yeah yes <laughs> that's some comeuppance like the the scene where she draws all the power where she starts like like drawing Agatha's power from her and she becomes yeah. Scarlet Witch like it's the second time i think you see her wearing the like the yeah, red crown time it materializes like, um, for for like it completely materializes. I think when she got back yeah. Agatha's memories to the Salem kind of execution, she yeah. you see flashes of it, but this is it. It's hers now. It's it's hers. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought that was as good as any fucking transformation sequence and anything ever. Like Wanda becoming Scarlet Witch is like like and now she's gonna leave everything behind. Now she's nearly even leaving Wanda behind. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, because uh, like as we as you said earlier, she like locks up Catherine Hannah inside her own mind with inside yeah. Westview. But um not only that, she like 
we see the last scenes very kind of kind of heartbreaking early where she says you know to her thanks kids for me. thanks for choosing me yeah. yeah you know it's like i just love that and she just slowly lets go of wanda and there was poignance and she now that. realized I mean, that's, that's, again harker's mm, back excellent storytelling again i know god i anyone poor listener they know i'm going to go down this road again and that's but the fact that at the end i felt so much for everybody involved that they've been like super speed and super flight and lasers and altering reality and altering people's minds and all of this kind of jazz and then you i actually really felt that moment there was a really again it speaks to sorry who played the vision <coughs> paul bettany it speaks to paul bettany uh, the vision says to her and it's uh, what am i and she just explains him that She's the part of vision that lives in her, you know, that, you know, that, yeah. uh, the part of memory stone that and, 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 and on a more kind of exactly less metaphorical and more superpowered way as well. Mm. Um, and then she just says goodbye to them and um, they fade away. Remember, she's like, remember, she's like, oh, you're my sadness. You are my hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just thought that's like, you're like, you have a witch talking to a carbon based synthesoid and you're like, holy fuck, it's getting me in the fields. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just really well done. Like, you know, it's like, because you see the, the humanity in the characters, not the superhumanity. Yeah, if you but know, that's like, it. You know that's I mean? it. That's what some, but that, it all comes back to something grounding. And if you can keep your story grounded, it's the same a horror movie, sci fi, and everything. If you can keep, like, sci fi sometimes does it well and it's something extremely simple survival. That's it. Yeah. It's everything Everything that's going on around it makes absolutely no sense. There's aliens outside trying to get in. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of futuristic technologies perhaps turning on them. Perhaps they're crashing into a planet. They're getting sucked in by its gravitational field. It's all fantastical, but they're trying to survive. That That's primal. That you can just literally, yeah. that's an easy enough mechanism to lock in. Resonates with everyone. did this on so many levels. It really did. Yeah. And stuff that made sense yeah. to me. You know, and then to everyone, like yeah. especially like to everyone, to anyone who's got more than a year of life in them, like you know, yeah, all wrapped up in a superhero oh, fanfare oh, oh. spectacle, and that's what Marvel are so yeah. good at doing. That's what's touched on here: the subgenres and the undertones and the storytelling is next. I say somebody you'd love to be well, able to say, um, "Look, I have an idea for a film." Oh, actually, you know what? I have an idea for a series, and that way it doesn't end up on the editor room's floor, or it doesn't end up getting yeah. released in twenty-five years director's cut. It's this is it. This is the whole story I want to tell. I know there's an intro, yeah. there's a big outro, so every episode probably runs about thirty six or seven minutes. I'm going to take a stab at, uh, but that's that yeah. adds up. And some yeah, of them that less, adds so. up to over three hundred yeah. minutes, and it's yeah. you know they were able to tell a full story. Yeah, like and not like even though it was a little bit of a slow burn at the start when you look at it, maybe it needed to be, you none, know. None, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like no minutes were no, wasted really when you look would, back yeah. over. Do you know what I mean? Um, but like, so we covered all pretty much nine episodes here and there and stuff, and we talked about what we felt about One Division. But like, what do you think when we seen the climax of One Division? That uh, there's two big things at the climax. We see Monica Rambo uh, was talking to a scroll who knew her mother, and we saw also saw uh, Wanda in a cabin in the middle of nowhere playing with the dark hole for lack of a better term what did you make of the big reveal with monica rambo talking to a scroll and then later on to finish up this part of the show uh for one division and the dark hole and what the future may hold uh, for those marvel characters. might be able might marvel might stop surprising me because i've got to a point where i just put nothing past them you know at this point yeah. I, you know at this point I just, You're like of yeah, course it's a scroll to go back to <laughs> talking to a tony stark scroll batman and yeah. I just go, you know what yeah. okay 
you know, played by Kevin Peters or uh, Evan Peters, but Evan Peters. Evan yeah, sorry, Evan. And Secret Secret Invasion on the horizon too. I think Amelia Clark might be Spider Woman, and she was a scroll in the uh, comic. So, I, I, yeah, that means that's not a spoiler. I don't. I know nothing about the the film, and God knows they they don't always yeah. follow suit. Um, but yeah, so that yeah. should be very interesting. But no, it didn't surprise. I'm mean, honestly, it didn't surprise me. And it's not that I knew. It's not that you at all. It's just that at this point, every, they're, they're being very careful with their cohesion. They, like one of the last yeah. things Agatha says when she's using the dark hold was blah blah blah. And she's trying to tell her her own history, and she's saying like, "And the Sorcerer Supreme." And I went. I remember I was watching it with Sheila, and I went, "The Sorcerer Supreme, by the way, is uh, is Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange. Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange." Yeah. She literally, she she's literally even more just powerful. Evoked. In a, in, like not even in a subtle way she goes and blah 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 you're directly linked to Doctor Strange <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. she said uh, you're even more powerful than the Sorcerer yeah. Supreme um, when she was going through the Dark Hold and like so do you, do you think Monica Rambeau will show up in Secret Invasion because she's obviously a member of SOAR you know, I, 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 I think she going. will but I think she might go back to having a tertiary role she had a secondary role in one division she got you know she got off the bench and she and, and, yeah. and fair play to her, and I'd love her to get a role. She could replace. I say she'd end up replacing Nick Maybe Fury. Maybe so, actually. I know I'd love that, that for her. Happen. Actually, yeah. yeah, she has the she has the skill yeah. set, and she has the moral compass, and she she has that kind of grit to get done what needs to be done. I'd and love she, that for she's her. She's a le- I'm legacy. I'm saying what I think yeah, would leg- happen. I would love that for her. Yeah, legacy character as well from her mother being exactly. Captain America. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, so, so she's. So no, I I would love that for her, and I'm hoping for that for her. But I don't know. I, I don't know because it, it was Maria Hill in the comics. But um, again, yeah, but the comics are. Yeah, well, Kobe Kobe Smolders yeah. plays Maria Hill, so she's a she's a great actress too. Like, yeah. so she I don't know. Yeah, I, I, she'd um, have to grit herself up though. Maria Hill is he's a he's a bitch. Well, she did some good know? action sequences though, an in, um, in the comics, and Maria Hill is a total bitch. Uh, and uh, in the comics, in the films, they were kind of they made them likable characters. I'm hoping that whoever's in the role, yeah. I, I don't know. I want somebody to be you know that kind of like soldier. Is it like I'm not here to be liked? Yeah, I'm here to save the world, yeah. kind of thing. Like you know, so yeah, no. But I hope that for her, and I hope that for um, Kat Dennings, I'm, I'm kind of hoping she gets in another role as well. She 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 works as a comic relief as well, but but because they've met her such a hyper intelligent character, that that opens yeah, up. Yeah, so likable as well. Is she? She's like literally mm. hyper intelligent, bleeding edge of the sciences. So there's obviously a lot you can do with that. You could literally use her as your kind of b-level natalie portman like the way is it jane foster um the way you could use jane foster in the tour movies you could literally use kat dennings That's in a similar way in the tv series already established you know as, as yeah she was her yeah, student go as we move towards a female tour which i love because the exact yeah. sort of people that i want love and thunder is going to be awesome take with tt could do anything and i trust people them. i want this shit to drive crazy it drives crazy so i just say bring it on um but uh so um we we talked about Monica Rambeau and what her future may be because she was a big part of one division. She'll probably have a bigger part going forward or maybe a different role. But like, what do you think will happen with Wanda now that she has the dark hold? Are we thinking villain or are we thinking no. misunderstood no, antagonist she, that she, will be taken back to protagonist? She, she, I don't think she'll take her now that she has all this power, but she has also has an awful lot of knowledge and she's seen. Yeah, but the book of the damn. Like, she, she didn't. Yeah, it is. But don't forget, she didn't just fuck over <laughs> an entire town. Like, don't forget, she left. Like some people had to leave their kids in their bedrooms because they they, they weren't a part yeah. of this narrative she had created in her subconscious and all this kind of stuff. She'd done some truly horrible things, but she didn't know. And also, don't forget that she fucked herself as well. 
Like that that was she yeah. weeped, like she, she created children that she had to give up. She brought back her husband that yeah. she had to give up. So I'd say no, at this point yeah. she might be probably erring on the side of caution a little bit more. A little bit more uh, the, the, oh no, uh, no, no, no but her character's history uh, uh, I don't know. See the thing is you can always you can always have a moment of madness or something that happens in battle. Again, like with crossbones, that was a moment where she was trying to do the right thing. And in a split second decision was not the right one necessarily. They could have that, but yeah. I don't think they're going to have her be a loose cannon. I think she I, because yeah, the scope I, of her power, she could with the flick of a wrist change the entire world. I, but I'm, I, but she was, she yeah. was reckless in this. I think because she's so powerful, she's starting to teeter on the. Oh, I love that. I, 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 you're asking me, you're asking you know me what, what I mean? think, like, and I'll stand by what I said. I think, but yeah. oh, like Dylan, I would. Love that. Do you know that kind of happens when a superhero becomes yeah. so powerful? They start teetering on. We have to but control see, the this. Problem with that you is know what I mean? Like, that thing where, like, you know, they teeter and they go right to the edge of like doing something like truly. Ta- and then, and then they bring, bring them back. back with like a conversation, and you're kind of going, no, like, you know, commit. Or, yeah, she's already done something pretty terrible, so, so you I, could lead into it. Yeah. I'm thinking she's kind of caused enough pain, and she tries to get off the radar, but like strange, will say you don't get to sit on the sidelines because of this, that, and the other. And then maybe she ends up doing something terrible again by accident, and maybe that breaks her. There's, again, yeah. at this point, what a, a wonderful room. Because obviously, like, they're, they're, too, they're, yeah. they're already living in about 2023. They just are, because they know... Yeah, because of the time jump yeah. with the blip and stuff. Oh, no, I, I actually been talking about the writers. There's, it, like, it's not like they're sitting there going, what will we do with Shang-Chi? What will we do with Gru? That's written. That's written. Oh. That's, that's planned out, storyboarded, Quick. started film, whatever. Shang-Chi looks really cool. Uh, yeah. I've seen the yeah, trailer the other day. Uh, looks really cool. And if anyone's ever seen the tweet where he literally called out Marvel a couple of years ago saying that they need some more Asian superheroes and now he's gone and he's going to star Shang-Chi. So send so, out you know, keep keep yeah, on dreaming, motherfuckers. Like they need more Irish um, the actors with, the, with no yeah. experience that are, that are at least uh, 50 pounds uh, overweight for the role. <laughs> Man, like if you're overweight, right? Uh, go to Marvel. They'll get you yeah, in shape. Jesus, you're not <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck me, Kamal and Johnny. Like, come on, yeah, folks. Exactly. <laughs> um, he didn't he, but, like, I mean, you know Charlie I mean? Like, Hansen and uh, like, Chris Evans and and uh, our, our our good friend Thor. Um, like you expect, yeah, yeah they, they're were. athletic kind of build men and women, and and you know, like, and yeah. it doesn't work, but like that 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 dude uh, Kamal, like just yeah. coming out like an absolute beast. I did not see coming. Yeah. Yeah, uh, fucking statuesque yes, statu- motherfucker, I, huh? Indian god yeah, over there, huh? Like, <laughs> uh, I, I'd worship him. Um, but uh, like, so, what did you? So we we kind of think like we have our own thoughts about how Scarlet Witch will play out. Um, the other loose end, really, from this show is, um, actually, sorry, I think Kamal and Johnny's Pakistani. Um, I'm just gonna put that out there. Pretty. Um, but uh. Please Jenny. forgive us that, that you'll ever hear this, but we're we're fans yeah. and you're very funny and all of that. All right, uh, Carl, cut out that part where I call him Indian because that's super offensive to Pakistani yeah. people. Um, but like, yeah, so Kamal and Jani, the Pakistani god, would you worship at his feet, Noel? So like, so um, we talked about uh, we had our own thoughts about how one division or sorry, the future of one of the Maxim Office character will go and Monica Rambeau. The last loose end in terms of the story 
is really white vision and what his future is going to hold. So before we go to the break, now what do you think is going to happen? I wonder if white, white vision is even alive. Uh, like, uh, God, I suppose he might be because he, he kind of says I am vision, but he was supposed to destroy vision. It, it was it was open ended, and especially now that he's kind of, I think he needs to reflect on it, and maybe he comes. Maybe that's how they get black vision back in. You know, like they, they they lay the groundwork, and then with a cross of time travel, magic, otherworldly, you know, multiverse, infinity stones, maybe we have vision back. Why vision um, uh, exists outside of Westview? Because uh, he was actually the he was created with the leftovers of vision. The reason he's white, I think, is because he had no mind. Right, stuff. I thought I, I thought they used like um, his human from... side. No, he was he was created outside of, but the energy uh, they used was the energy signature residue that one they left on the drone yeah. that she destroyed. Yeah. Um. So, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know much about white vision myself, but I have a feeling that he'll probably end up at Wanda's side at some stage in the near future, I'd say. And he'll probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he got killed off again in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't be um, surprised with that either. So, do you want to, have we covered, uh, do you need to cover any more ground here? We got everything covered here for division. Yeah, I think we've got everything covered for division before we head to the break. Do you? Um, yeah, cool beans. Um, so, we'll be back after the break with the segments What If and Best is Worst, like we always do here at Dark Side of the Moon. Um, so I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tootie. Noel John Tootie, sorry, Noel. Um, yeah, right, this, sir, this, this is Dark Side of the Moon, and we'll be back after the break. Cool. See you in a second, folks. And we're back after the break. This is Dark Side of the Moon. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. Let's get back to it. So, Noel, this is the time of the show where we look at the what if. We sit in a proverbial director's chair and we decide what we would have changed about one division. And I know this is going to be a lot harder than a lot of the other stuff we looked at because this show is so unique and it's so hard to get into the headspace of what the creators were trying to do or what we could change about. But if you had any... Even the arrogance. You know, yeah. The sheer, the sheer arrogance of, of a story being told in this scale and you're trying to say, like, ooh, this is what they didn't do better. Yeah, what 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 would you have changed if you were the director of this instead of Matt Shackman? Oh, well, um, I suppose I do have to give an answer, so I will, but... Uh, I think I well I I think for me I would like it to be a little bit less PG thirteen. So more action, more violence. More action, yeah, but more action, more like actual consequences, more fallout, maybe a few deaths because everything in it, it, like she lost what she created her own family and that was definitely a devastating a devastating loss. But everything else, I know she actually did do a lot of damage, but everything else was fixed in some sort of way. You know, yeah, she was able to give people back their freedoms and whatnot. Um. I would like proper fallout. You have to understand that this follows a blip where like five billion people 
well, more five trillion people around the universe have just gotten their lives back. Yeah. And you know, people had died and moved on. People weren't able to take it, and all this kind of fallout. It was a dark world and a, a world of hope at the same time. And maybe if they reflect that, reflected that a little bit more with the casualties or something like that. Yeah. But I, I, I do. But at the same time, I get. I know it was family friendly, which I was fine. But I suppose I put myself in the director's chair very selfishly. Mm. Selfishly. Um, so is that is that the only thing you would have changed? You would have more consequences. To... Kind of look, yeah. See, if it was me that was making it, I wouldn't. It it seems like so often that I just kind of went, "Wow!" Like, "Wow!" I admit it. I'm impressed. Yeah. Where you kind of thinking, wow, I I can't think of any of the. Maybe uh, yeah, I can't think of anything because even the whole thing that that have Evan Peters that kind of pissed people off, I kind of liked it. Leaving leaving that because like God knows they explained enough. It's not as if they were trying to shy away. From exposition or anything like that. Yeah, the film was full of it. Um, so fair enough, they didn't answer all the questions. I, I applaud them for that. Yeah, because you know, but Marvel are probably going to answer them further down the road. And that's it exactly as well, you know. And if they don't, so what? Maybe it was Marcellus Wallace's soul. Maybe it wasn't. There was something <laughs> cool about that too. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's better. Like it's like the end of the thing. Spider alert! But you know, was Childs the thing? Was uh, yeah. McCready? You know what I mean? Like you, you, you sorry. We, we, I wrote a bit of a horror thing, and you, you was one of the criticisms you gave me was maybe they don't know, maybe they don't explain it. Yeah, maybe the not knowing would be a, 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 a scary element. Yeah, because I, I wanted to kind of have exposition and and bring people in or try and explain it. And you're like, yeah, but sometimes you're just in a situation and it just is. Yeah. And I don't even something like Parable, I don't see why they can't do that too. And especially if it was a case of where they were constantly shying away from things. Yeah. I'd criticize them. I'd like they didn't wrap up anything, but that wasn't the case at all. Yeah. Because even they if they did a really good job. Yeah. Because as we touched on, they will get to it eventually. Because they've done that where like, you're like, hey, what's going on here? This is a loose end. And in like five or six movies down along the line, all of a sudden that character shows up again and then they tie up that loose end as a side story or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And now that you have TV shows that you have way more opportunities to tie up any loose ends, you know? Yeah. Although I think it was just an unfortunate soul that happened to be in that house. Yeah. You know, the house beside the house that Wanda had picked yeah. to, to create her, to create her family. So no. yeah, I think that maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, maybe I would have met it a little bit more. Maybe maybe when the town was get there was casualties from White Vision yeah. or something like that. Because New York wasn't in the original Avengers. New York scene wasn't like there was massive casualties, but they did it in a way where it was implied, it was obvious that there was, but they weren't like they weren't drowning you in the gore of it either. Yeah, kind of like um, Superman versus Zod at the end of Man of Steel. Of course, there must have been massive casualties in it. Yeah. But they never touched upon them in any sort of real way because they don't have to. Yeah. So us adults can kind of enjoy the action, the escapism and the the, the kind of, I don't know, the gore of it. I don't know. We're, I'm a horror guy. Yeah. And, uh, and the kids don't because it's not really there. It's not in their face. They're just seeing buildings falling and stuff and it's quite cool to them. It's yeah. just escapism. Like there's no... Nobody's been hurt, so I would have maybe liked that. But um, honestly, and I think even at that, I'm stretching for a full, full throated criticism. Yeah, because yeah, it was entirely yeah, because it's it was such well, uh, so well executed. The whole story, the the medium they chose, using different sitcoms from different eras and stuff like that as inspiration. The action, the payoff, finally getting to hear Scarlet Witch, her finding out with magic, the dark hole. There's so much to it. Like, and they really did like, you know, they gave us a lot. So it is hard to say what you would change and what you wouldn't change. But in terms of what I would change, I would probably have gone with the 
uh, House of M um, reversal and had her say mutants. I touched upon it earlier, but I, I think if you have a, an excellent out now to introduce mutants, um, somewhere down along the line, I'm sure Kevin Feige, all the heads, Bob Iger, all these people at Disney and Marvel, they understand what's going to happen, of course. But I just think it's so simple to have her just look up from the dark hole and say mutants. Like she, like as if she just read about it on the page, and then all of a sudden mutants are in existence, and then you don't even have to touch upon them for ages if you don't want to. You just know they're there now. You know what I mean? We finally hear that word, and I just thought, like, I know a lot of people were calling for Mephisto and um, a lot of other kind of characters, but like I was happy with the the characters they they um, included, like Monica Rambo um, coming back, legacy character, having Kat Dennings come back as Darcy. I like John Woo, uh, sorry, I was going to call him John Woo, Jimmy Woo coming back, um, uh, Randall Park uh, playing in Randall Park, sorry. But like, I like the way they, they incorporated the kind of lower level characters and they didn't stretch the, the roster too much in this because it was supposed to be a personal story. So like, I just think it didn't need, you know, five or 10 different superheroes in it or whatever. But in the end, having that payoff where she says mutants because everybody knows Scarlet Witch is herself a mutant in the comic books as far as I'm concerned as far as I know Magneto's child she is, she's Magneto's child so is, so is uh, Quicksilver Pietro. you know what I mean I just think that would have been uh, Marvel are the masters of fan service and people over at Lucasfilm Star Wars and all that could really you know take a, a few notes you know John Favreau who's steeped in both worlds has done it to great effect but fan service is so important when you talk about longevity for a universe and just the first salvo on Mar- on Disney if you open up or uh, sorry end the show by opening up the world to mutants for the MCU I just think everyone is just fucking drooling from them out by the time Falcon Winter Soldier comes around and even though that's very separate from WandaVision you're just drooling you're just looking forward to the next chapter because you know every chapter is going to get you closer to mutants and I just think that's, yeah, that's the only enough. Yeah, that's yeah. the only bugbear I had with the show because on a rewatch I, I said to you earlier before we start recording I didn't think the show was going to be as rewatchable as it is and it's, oh, I, I wasn't planning on getting back around to it for a long time. Yeah, and it was so enjoyable. I actually enjoyed it more on the secondary watch, which I kind of knew I would, because when you watch a show weekly that's so unique and complicated, like One Division, you're going to miss out stuff by just memory lapses in between each episode. And when you watch something as one whole or in two parts, I think you pick up on so much more. And I picked up on a lot more about how things came about. And I just really enjoyed that aspect of, you know, Marvel, how... Uh, everything you know like pretty much when you go back it's like a better show than i thought i even though like i, I knew it was a great show it's like a better show than i thought it was going to be in so many marvel movies themselves are like that that like they're better on the rewatch because they include so much information and i think one division's like that and even though my own my only book bear would be the mutants thing and i think everything else was just done to perfection for what the show yeah it would have been nice supposed to that, be yeah it would have been just a lot of payoff but then again, they're the three-dimensional chess. Yeah, and you know they've they've decided how they're going to do everything. Of they've course, decided that maybe that wasn't when. But yeah, I do, I do take your point. Um, but yeah, like so, so like that's the only wise because like I know we had a lot with when it comes to Spider-Man and those other movies because sometimes you know unfortunately for Sony they were a bit muddled in their storytelling. But like Marvel kind of hit all the nails in the head here. The as we said earlier, sitcom, you got spectacle, you got the supernatural elements, you got the advanced technological elements, and you got all the action and everything that's come to be contained within a Marvel experience. So, like, I really loved WandaVision. Um, and I think they just nailed, hit the nail on the head. So, we'll get move past what if, and we'll kind of get into the last segment of the show because there wasn't much that we'd like to change. Um, yeah. For you, what is 
the best and the worst in terms of the one division experience and how you came to enjoy it or whatever the fuck? Um, I suppose the, the, well, the best was just the changing narrative. It all was still feeling like one story being told. I thought that was just the best. I thought the storytelling... The fluidity of it. The fluidity of it. Something that had no right to be fluid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she was talking to the camera, and she wasn't, and then she... You know, it was it was all just so idealistic, and then it was all falling apart. She was a torturer. She was a hero. All of these things. Um, I just thought that was absolutely fantastic. That's what drawed me in, and that's what kept me interested, and that's what made me, like, count down the days until the next episode. Yeah. Because they 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 were brilliant. The cliffhangers were brilliant. You know what I mean? Like the, the, each episode made you want to come back for more. Like you know, and it's it's like uh, Marvel took to the medium of you know TV shows like a duck to water, but getting someone like a Matt Shackman who, who comes from like some psych, I think. Um, but to get someone like that and experience and in television is very clever too. Because even though they might be new to the medium, they're very clever who they put in the roles that they need. Because he comes from a st- sitcom background. Like he literally told a sitcom story, but with Marvel layered on top of it. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think if I was to take what the worst was, and I, again, I'd have to stretch because I really liked it. I mean, it broke mm. so much new ground. I feel it's very so different. Presumptuous, yeah, presumptuous of me to even just offer anything up. I don't think. I think the kids could have either. I think the kids are probably the most replaceable thing. I think the two young men did a great job, um, and I and they gave her obviously groundedness and more to fight for and more to lose. Uh, but that's just how kids, any kid, would do that. That's just the narrative of a kid. Yeah, attachment. Um, exactly, it's an attachment, and it's and it's the most selfless of of attachments that you can have. Yeah, is to be a parent. Um, so I think they could have done more or less. I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. So what you just thought the kids were a bit unnecessary, except for superfluous, superfluous yeah. with times. They're just the ground. I I understand the the the, the importance of them as a storytelling, but they weren't like I mean they weren't as important to me as Agatha. Even Pietro, I thought it was great because it messed with her head, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, 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 if you was to have them or not have them, I'd have them because you know they did. They lended gravity to it, but there wasn't like a particularly clever plot device. Yeah. It was an obvious one, and it was one of the few things about this that was obvious to me. Yeah. Well, they had to give her something to lose to sacrifice at the end, otherwise, exactly. she wouldn't have the redeeming factor. In a film where nothing was obvious, you know, nothing was obvious. They just kept throwing your curveballs. Uh, Rambo was actually from the outside, and then it goes how she got in there, and people go inside, and they become different characters, like a, a literal, a veritable circus, um, uh, and all of that. It just kept throwing, it kept throwing you for a loop. But uh, that was the only thing that was quite obvious to me. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I see what you mean because they're kind of like it's a very obvious plot device. It's kind of like where we touched upon how you know female characters used to be used in superhero movies. It's just the damsel in distress. Um, or the sacrifice or whatever, you know what I mean? That that one thing that you have to hold on to that gives her a reason for staying with inside Westview and also gives her something to lose when she destroys Westview or her hold on Westview or whatever yes. again. And it, it makes her vulnerable without making her weak. Yeah, that's actually you a good know, point. Mary Jane Watson, not that she was weak, she was just a normal woman, but like she was up against... An annoying woman. Yeah, she was <laughs> up against, you know, she was up against superpower villains, so it's not like, it's not her fault that she didn't stand a chance, but there was just, as a plot device, she was just thrown in. But if you give somebody like kids, you can make somebody as the furthest thing in the world from vulnerable as uh, Scarlet Witch, extremely vulnerable. Yeah. And yeah, so it was a good way to, to have a very strong female lead 
vulnerable without taking anything from her like they did in films of old. Yeah. She I, wasn't she was she wasn't a damsel in distress, but she was in an impossible situation. And those are two different things. Yeah, like in nine episodes, I think Vision rescues her once. That's it. Like in all nine episodes. Yeah. You know what and I mean? A team, she, like, she rescues him several times. You know? Yeah. And they're a team. So do you know what I mean? Like even them, they're just a hundred percent equals, aren't they? In terms yeah. of power oh, yeah. sets, in terms of their abilities in terms of how they view each other, they're hundred percent equal. Like you know, so I mean, absolutely. I yeah. They have to, who knew to have the best relationship ever. You need to have a supernatural witch, and you need to have a carbon based synthesoid, which is a term I'm going to use to infinite him. But what you call? We'll be talking about just anything now, like <laughs> classic. I think the film could use the carbon based <laughs> synthesoid. <laughs> synthesoid, yeah. Um, Doctor Who. I think I've heard that word in Doctor Who as well. I'd say I'd say it was a callback. Marvel are brilliant with the, the Easter eggs. They hide Easter eggs better than the Easter Bunny himself. But um, so yeah, look, when so your best would have been. The, the the way the story, the fluidity of the story. The way, just the way the story was weaved. I've never seen anything like, like compare it to something for me for how many twists and turns. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually, it's a, as I said to you at the start, like it's so different and so unique at the start of the what if segment that it's very hard to get inside the writer's mindset to know exactly, what to exactly. change or how you should change it because it is, uh, it's very singular in a lot of ways, even though it is like in a lot of ways, it's a dram, a dramedy an action dramedy in a lot of ways it's like a drama comedy mixed with an action movie but it's very different and unique in how it told its story and how it went about in delivering its action and its spectacle and shit like that but like my like in your worst you said was the, the kids and how it was a bit of an obvious uh, plot device and stuff um, giving her emotional attachments and giving her sacrifice and loss at the end of the series but um, in, my, in terms of the best for me I love the style of the storyline and all that and the fluidity as you mentioned but I just love the world building that Marvel did here. They like they they give us a bit more about sword. They introduce they reintroduce like tr- like Monica. Sorry, they inter- reintroduce Monica Rambeau obviously as a new actress because she's aged. Uh, she's a woman now, like instead of a young child in, in uh, Captain Marvel. But they reintroduce like Kat Dennings, uh, Randall Park. They give us a bit more about sword. They like they um showed us the scroll. Like they showed us the. The you know a bit of history on witches. They reintroduced the dark hold. Like they concluded vision the story. in Doctor Strange. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like concluded vision story. Yeah, yeah, they concluded vision story while also starting his new story for White Vision. And they uh, they introduced Scarlet Witch to uh, sorry they introduced one division to the Scarlet Witch. Like she is the Scarlet Witch and introduced her to magic. Like there's so much went on, and you could say like it, it was like a sitcom pharma with a bit of action in it but when you look at the world building that went along nine episodes like they really used every minute like really well like like Mandalorian where Mandalorian has like a short run but every episode counts and like in Mar- in in one division every episode built the world out a little bit further a little bit further a little bit further just like in the way she was pushing Westview out Marvel using one division to push their own universe outwards. You know what I mean? Like with Sword, the reintroduction of the Skrulls. Like so, like I just think the my best or my favorite part about one division was the world building that went on inside the narrative and how much they introduced with in terms of magic and like Sword and Skrulls and all this shit and all the stuff that's obviously going to lead to Secret Invasion, Multiverse Madness. And I just think like it's a, it's an excellent way to start off the new phase of Marvel products or movies or tv series or whatever you know yeah i agree yeah it's a great first step 
it's the Iron Man of this phase, isn't it? It's just a great first step. Yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. It's 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 a perfect foundation, like because we always talk about that when talk building universes that the foundation like has to be really strong, otherwise it's gonna fall falter like we've seen with Sony in the past and Warner Brothers in DC. But when I look back, my worst about it it's hard to actually even think about something that's really too bad about it. But that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. You kind of have to answer the question. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you're gonna, the question's put to you. So you no offense. Si- no offense sitting on Dark Side of the Moon, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No offense sitting over here, motherfuckers. <laughs> but yeah, um, so no, my worst when I have to look through it all is maybe the first three episodes were a little bit slow. And that's that's the only thing, because after episode four, the show kicks into life in such a big way. When you introduce Monica Rambo, you talk about her backstory. We get to see the outside world and how they're reacting to Westview. I understand the first three episodes was world building, story building, all that stuff. But I think maybe that could be done in two episodes. Um, we could have had Monica Rambo's story come in in episode three. And that's just me looking for something to criticize really damn more so than I really didn't like. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. I didn't, it's not that I didn't enjoy the way they told the story. I love the way they told the story. But if I was to be critical, which we have to be because we asked the question. So you have to make, give the answer. I just think it was a little bit slow, maybe in the first three episodes, because even looking back on it, I was happy that I got past the first three episodes and episode four was awesome and onwards four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's just so well paced and it just flies by. And so if I was to pick one thing to be my worst, I just think it pacing maybe for the first two or three episodes. Exactly. And it's not even the strongest criticism, but like you said, you have to pick something. Uh, and, and obviously the, it, it does, it is crescendoing. It's always building. Yeah. So obviously the, the, the first three episodes are more like whimsical and what's going on, the story building, yeah. and by the end of it, when you figured everything out, it's just an assault on the senses. So I can see why, you know, the appeal of the last episodes. Yeah, you have to see it overall. It is a big it's, picture. It's like when you're on a roller coaster, you go up real slow and you come down real fast. You know yes. what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's it. And it's all, one is nothing without the other. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, Marvel are the experts of building stories slowly and patiently and always have a great payoff at the end for the most part. Um, but like so that's my so my best would be this the world building and my worst would be the little bit of the pace that the first couple of episodes but apart from that I absolutely loved One Division I'm loving Falcon Winter Soldiers but we'll talk about in the next episode but I'm loving one I loved One Division I don't think I see a second series for it if I'm to be honest I just no think, not One Division yeah not One Division yeah no. I, I think uh, uh, Scarlet Witch her realm is going to be definitely in the next couple of movies Maybe as a villain, maybe as a villain that's brought back from the edge and will return to be a superhero. But I feel it because of the strength of her power that she will die in the next phase or so of Marvel movies. And I think Captain Marvel might go by the wayside too. I think they will slowly but surely peel back the really super powerful superheroes. Um, because when you have godlike superheroes, it always creates yeah. an eventual disconnect with the audience. Maybe Hulk downwards kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And yeah. you know what I mean? And Mark Ruffalo is like not super young either. No offense to him. So the whole no, no, he's not. But the, it's the, the kind of thing. It's the kind of thing you can do. He could do that for another ten. I years. suppose now that we have Professor Hulk, like Smart Hulk, yeah, it, it'll create even long more longevity for the character because Mark Ruffalo is just in the the, the kind of the green suit or the dots and stuff. But um, so Noel, how did you enjoy One Division before we get the fuck out of here? And uh, do you think it's a? I know we touched on it, but. Do you think it's a good stepping stone for what Marvel are going to have planned for the next few phases? It's not just a good stepping stone, it's original. Yeah. And I mean, you need, when you get both, 
that's a real that's a real jackpot yeah it's kind of like you know what i mean and you i know it's very different ironman but it's just gave you a similar feeling you're just like oh yeah it just worked they're coming out swinging like when ironman when ironman came out there was nothing like ironman yeah it's par for the course now because we're spoiled but there was nothing like ironman in 2007 yeah that like and i love the way like marvel they incorporate reality but also incorporate the super reality so seamlessly and like what, how do you feel looking back at one division and looking forward? Um, are you happy with the way the story played out? You enjoyed it, and what do you think will come next for Wanda and you know the Scarlet Witch? And how so we can leave it there? I'm going to I, she, Doctor Strange. Just keep your eyes on Doctor Strange. That's out later she, this year, isn't it? Yeah, she's not. She she's in the magic realm now. Yeah, that's where she is, and that's where she belongs. And her next big outing is in Doctor Strange. How big a character? Probably quite big. It's going to be Strange's show, but yeah, it's yeah, she's going to play a very, very big part in that. I think she'll be the villain. Be yeah, it. maybe so. Like she'd make a great one, mm. and be a great power set match for Doctor Strange. Exactly. Uh, they could have a, a, a Darth Vader kind of scenario, you know, where she just literally turns dark based on this, that, the other. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. There is some groundwork for that, but that remains to be seen, and that's the best thing about it. Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, no, I, I'm saying I, I'm looking forward to the future of Marvel and see what One Division, uh, or sorry, see what One the Maximal Scarlet Witch does next. Um, but so, Noel, do you have you anything else to say before we get the fuck out here? No, nothing else to say. Just except thanks for being with us. Awesome. So, right, um, before we get out of here, I'm your host Vincent Green. He's your host Noel John Tui. This is Dark Side the Moon, where a couple of zeros talk about your favorite heroes. And we'll see you next time, folks, with the Falcon Winter Soldier, because that finale wraps up this Friday. And we'll be back next week, hopefully, with some more time, with some more content for you, focusing on Marvel's next Disney Plus show. So, Noel, say goodbye to the folks. Get the fuck out of here. Bye, folks. All right, see you later, folks. Good luck. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye, motherfuckers. See you next time. Here, Vin, my past is after arriving, so we just take a kind of pretend break there and.